Hello, listeners. Do you like frogs? Okay, good to know. Welcome to episode 64. 64, here we are again. Of the PowerPod. Good evening. Welcome to the PowerPod. Welcome back to the pods. We're back again. What have you been up to this week? Any, anything crazy happening? Uh, went out for the first time oh. on Friday. Where'd you go? Went to Workman's first. <laughs> Place was packed. Oh. Place was packed. Uh, left, then went to... What's that place called? The Globe. The Globe. Went to the, the Globe. Globe. I was going to say Palace. I was like, that's not it. Palace. <laughs> well, that is back. Yeah. You know, they had the biggest TV screen in Europe. Yeah. They yeah. always play the f- uh, like football matches and shit there, don't they? I haven't been, but... I assume it'd be great. I for assume football. I assume that's a, a major football spot. Mm. Um, no, yeah, it was grand. You know, town's packed, man. Mm. It's actually it's actually wild how many people are around. Yeah, yeah, it is a bit weird. I was only in last week on the Friday. Got kicked out. Got kicked out. We're in like a nightclub. Got kicked out. Told to leave at eleven. They're like, you can't come back in because you don't have a ticket because mm. everyone's bought tickets. But the table had been booked from eight. You know, I was yeah. like, what's that about? You know, it's insane stuff. But obviously, yeah, we went out and places like whole Abbey Street packed. Yeah. You know? See, I don't know if, like, a lot of people are telling me that, like, most places don't really check the tickets. They're more so concerned about the COVID certs. Mm. Um, so, you know, I, I would recommend it because, like, most places are doing, like, free tickets for a year. Like, it's, you know, that's all like, you have to buy a ticket. You don't really have to buy a ticket. Like, for Globe and Workman's, you just, you just or, oh, like register yeah. for a ticket. Yeah. How did you? How did you get? How did you sort that? Like it's on Eventbrite. You literally just have to register, and oh, it gives right. you for an annual one for free. Like you don't have to pay anything. Okay. Um. Wasn't there cases of of someone selling out, or overselling their their event there? Yeah, there were this week. I think so. Past few weeks. I think that's been happening in a few places. Yeah, but people because have paid, like, and then they they get turned away at the door. The thing is, as well, I think um, like. The Globe was like would be overbooked mm. because they have tickets, but there's unlimited amount of tickets. So when I went to the Globe, I had to wait half an hour to get in. Oh, I see. And like, but you hadn't paid. And I hadn't paid. Yeah, yeah. But like, that's fair. And it's not like like they were counting how many people were coming out, and then you were allowed in. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like a yeah. Someone told me something about people getting kicked out. Because there was too many people, like at random, you'd be like, "You have to leave because there's too many people here." I would believe it. I wouldn't say that's happening in some places. Yeah, but at that stage, obviously, you, you paid in. I yeah, that's well. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. I can't remember who said that to me, but I heard that somewhere. Yeah, I'm gonna say the academy did it because you know somewhere, somewhere like that did <laughs> yeah. that, and someone was kicked out at random. Could have been a, a, a variety or something like that. Yeah, One probably. Those places. Yeah. Well, it was like youngish nightclubs, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like it's weird being in a nightclub. It's strange. Mm. Workman's isn't really a nightclub. Workman's is more of a late bar, I feel. Yeah, yeah, of course. It's kind yeah. of like cafe bar. Yeah, you know. Yeah, <laughs> kind but of. But even like cafe bar is like it's like a club. It is a bit more of a club than yeah, Workman's, I suppose. But like, like back in the day, I remember we had like the kind of duality of man between like cafe bar and rights. Yeah, because it's the same company. Mm-hmm. But like cafe bar is obviously way the more illusion late. of choice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's way more relaxed. And then if you went to rights, it's just like. You couldn't, you know. You could, so you're not there to talk to people, or like, you know. No, whatever. no, it's not. Um, and there's not really many places like that anymore. I feel, at least to my to knowledge, go just to dance, like. just to dance. Yeah, like, there's not really many places like that. You have like tramline. It's kind of a that looks bleak. Yeah, ah, man, I've been to tramline a few times. Like when it first opened, mm. and that was grand. Like it was, 
I don't know. I never really liked Hangar that much. Mm. But I could vibe with Tramline. Yeah, yeah. But it's back now. Like It is but back now. But it looks now, the exact yeah. same. But it's also like... It's the same age group. Yeah. So... Yeah, there's not many older nightclubs, which is shit. It's just coppers. Like, I'm not even into that t- into that type of, like, you know, scene, I guess, of going to nightclubs. But, mm. like, I'd e- I think that's dirt. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. like, there should be choices. There, There's a few. Uh, no, there's the, only, like, yeah. a few, like. Yeah, that's, that's the problem. It's on, like, Harcourt Street and mm-hmm. stuff. Like, you have, like, uh, what was it? You have coppers, obviously. And then um, there's a place, you know, uh, adjacent, or no, just beside D2. There's a place called the back. Is it the black door or the back door? I think it's the back door. The back door. It's only over twenty sevens or some arbitrary number. But yeah. basically, if you're like over a certain, like if you're, I think if you're like twenty four or twenty five, they're not, not going to check it. Really. Yeah. But like, it's only for you know grown ups. Yeah. So, I wouldn't go there. Yet. I wouldn't like admit that I'm like no. old enough to go to the back door <laughs> yet. <laughs> no, no, no. You know, that's you kind of giving up at that stage. Hey, you're you should be settling down. Yeah. You're, you're, you're past your 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 prime. Your prime like. Yeah, yeah. You definitely put out the past. You're like going in the black door. <laughs> and that's what that's what the name is as well. It's like yeah, you know, back door. Yeah, you just scooch out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, so yeah. What you get up to this week? Oh, I didn't do much. I was there. I was there working. You know, working away. So just hard times. Mm. The weather. I tell you, the weather has been ridiculous. You know. Just Awful. have to speak about it weekly, but the weather has just been ridiculous. It's just because it's, it's changed it's again. It's like it's so it's like the most like unpredictable thing in my life at the moment. Yeah, yeah, that's the <laughs> thing. Like everything else, I know it's gonna be grand, quite stable. Yeah. The weather, it's the one thing that's fucking me up at the yeah, moment. Yeah, everyone's sick because of it. Yeah, like everyone, past few months, everyone's gotten a cold or something. Yeah, you know, it's just like it's just not not a great vibe. No, it's not. It's shit. I prefer it when it's freezing cold. I will be back there soon enough. Mm-hmm. You know, it's nearly Christmas. Can we do some Christmas episodes? You know, yeah, some, get put some, cozy. Get a few copyright strikes on, uh, yeah. you know, Spotify, YouTube. Oh, you know it. Oh yeah, I can't Obviously, wait. Obviously, back to that Um Talking about cozy vibes, though, I watched one of the coziest films I have ever seen this week. What'd you watch? I watched Paddington. Oh, the bear. The bear with the uh, Mac. The bear with the fucking marmalade, the hat, rock, and the jacket. Yeah. A. Bad looking bitch drip, is all I'll say. Drip. drip. <laughs> um, that Paddington drip. Oh, that Paddington drip. <laughs> let me tell you. That kills and orphans. Oh, I'm telling you. The globe, even. Yeah. Like, you'd be sweating. That'd be. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. That'd be a great Halloween costume, actually. Yeah, simple as well. Yeah. Just wear no trousers. <laughs> <laughs> it's a costume, yeah. alright? Just get a really long, like. Yeah, one of those uh, trench coats. Yeah. Yeah. Or just your leg, or just wear like really fuzzy shit underneath. Yeah, do what Owen's doing right now. With yeah, this. with the harems. With the harems. Rocking the harems. <laughs> You're rocking them, yeah. Uh, let me tell you, cozy vibes this episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, But now Paddington. Man, I can understand, like, if. From what I've heard about the second one, right? The, at least, like, what I've seen of, like, shots from the second one, you know, where Paddington. Paddington, Paddington goes to prison in the second one. Pff, and he wears, like, a, a little. I think it's pink. He wears a little pink. Um, Jumpsuit prisoner outfit mm. but like it looks like it looks like Grand Budapest Hotel yeah yeah so I think that like I don't know what they do in the second one because there's bits in the first one that are very like aesthetically really aesthetically pleasing Um, like there's a bit where Paddington is explaining the, the gaff that he's in and because uh, he's writing a, le- a letter to his auntie 
who lives back in Peru, which is where Paddington is from. Yeah, that's that's a crazy bit of lore. Yeah, mad he's lore that Peru. I never knew. He's just Peruvian, like yeah, that's mad. Um, and he's describing like all the people that live in the house with them, and uh, like beside him, he's up in the attic, and beside him is um, a dollhouse, and the dollhouse opens up, and you see little people inside, and then it shoots from like a room, as if it's there. If you know what I mean. Mm. Um nice like there's loads of stuff like that throughout the film there's a bit where like um when uh when the downbeat because it's a very it is a very familiar very cozy plot like mm. you know the beats you to know the where film. it's going you yeah. know exactly where it's going uh-huh. um so <clears throat> paddington's at the low point in his story which was you know inevitably going to happen for all the characters it's the lowest point and in the house that he's in there is a it's like a blossom tree or something that it grows up from the bottom of the stairs and goes all the way to the top. At the darkest point, all the leaves fall off. Oh, God. And um, it's like the tone is set from that as well. And then afterwards, when, when we're at the peak, when we're at the end of the film and it's the highest peak, the all the the blooms come back and they're bigger and brighter than ever. That's and class. It's like, ah, that's that's sweet. That is sweet. Like, that's the, the vibe. That's about the highest level of... <laughs> of um, <laughs> reading you have to do with this film yeah it's the tree no leaves yeah. that means things what are bad <laughs> i watched seven tarkovsky films today but yeah. this <laughs> let me tell you this just dumbfounded me yeah. <laughs> but um it's great it's so cozy it's funny a lot of funny bits in it um the what's her one's name um, Nicole Kidman. Oh, Nicole Kidman, man. She's in this, yeah. She is having. She's not only in this. She is having a blast. <laughs> yeah, is she good? She's a bitch in this movie. Oh, <laughs> uh, she, she's a villain. Oh yeah, she oh. and she's a she's a villain. <laughs> yeah. Um, she always had that kind of vibe, though. Oh, she's cold. Like she mm. is ice cold, and um, which is like direct contrast to. Paddington's like cozy warmth. <laughs> he just rolls with the vibes. Yeah. He just uh, exudes vibes. Yeah, almost to a detriment to himself because part of my <laughs> he's got too many vibes. Oh, like he's just like it lets he's him just down. too. He's just too himbo. Basically, is his he's problem. He's too himbo. He's too himbo. What? <laughs> That's I'm gonna say. I don't know what the term is. Maybe the term would just be dumbass. But like, oh yeah, yeah. Like, he's too innocent. He's too innocent. That's what it is. It is mm. his innocence. Yeah, he's just too innocent to know. But that's also a quality, isn't it? A quality it, you know? to him. Like, mm. that's what makes him pure. But it's also his... Uh, his downfall. His downfall. <laughs> because, like, there's parts in this film where, like, it is so, so stressful. Oh, God, really? Where, like, Paddington... There's a bit where Paddington's, like, um, flicking through a book and he accidentally tears a page in the book. So he tries to get a... This is a... Like, toward... This is after him fucking up like this multiple times um actually no the ba- actually no the- i'll go with the first one because the first one really sets it off mm-hmm. paddington is up in the bathroom and he picks up two toothbrushes because he doesn't know what they are and sticks them into his ear and like cleans his ears and then pulls them out and there is shit and gunk all over them like it is Ugh. rotten and he puts them down and then he picks up something and he turns on the tap and then the tap starts to overflow, and he falls into, he falls into the toilet, and he gets out of the toilet, like breaks the toilet, and the toilet starts to flood, mm. and then he's in the bath, and the bath's going off, and the entire bathroom is getting fucked up, and water's just rising and rising and rising, and like 
oh god i know where this is going <laughs> yeah yeah and because it, it goes from like a bad situation to a worse to a worse to a worse and then the dad opens up the door and all the water comes flying out and the gaff is in bits it's all because he's so innocent and it's just because he's just a fucking dumbass he's, he's the, the blank subject he's <laughs> yeah. the john nada he of his universe pure ideology <laughs> <laughs> So those bits are so so stressful, and mm. like I don't like. Is that is that not cartoonish or is it? It like is cartoonish, but just like in a stressful oh, way. Paddington, like it's just like yeah, what are you doing, man? Because it slowly <laughs> gets worse, and you can see the logic behind him trying to like figure out how to get out of this situation. Yeah. But just like just stop what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's good. Yeah, it, like but it, like those bits for me. Like broke the cozy vibes. I was like, "Oh no, this is so stressful." <laughs> they're uh, having a panic attack. Yeah, watching like, <laughs> 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 it's like watching climax. <laughs> yeah, jeez. Um, what's the? Uh, is there any deeper readings here? Oh yeah, because I was saying this too before. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I, I, found, I found it so weird. Paddington's just a straight up like story about immigration. Too like, like at the start, I was thinking about it. I was like. Mm. Oh, so Paddington, he's from Peru. Oh, he's a he's an immigrant. Oh, right. Goggles on. Let's fucking analyze <laughs> this film. Film is not subtle about it at all. Like, there's a bit where, like, the story is in Paddington that an, that an explorer came over to where Paddington is from. Quote: Darkest Peru. He's he's from the, the darkest. He's Peru. from the depths of Peru in the jungle. And uh, like this explorer uh, stumbles upon. There's like, just like there's only two of them. These like two really intelligent bears that appear like walking upright and like using their their paws as hands, um, and then they start talking to the explorer, and mm. he like teaches them all about England and London. <clears throat> and at that sense, at that sense, it, I'm actually just thinking about it now. At that sense, it is just like an explorer in like 1940s, 50s. Uh, coming into peru and then just preaching to the to the to the, to the to native the people yeah. how great england is yeah and being like it's actually no it's definitely after world war Two, so it's probably in the 50s because a plot point is that when um when paddington's gaff is just like the it's just decimated and he has to leave because mm. uh, like natural causes um literally like it's an earthquake that causes it to wreck. Mm. Um, but I thought for a second it was going to be about de- deforestation. And I was like, that's a cool point. That, that, like, yeah, that, is, that, would, that would be, be cool. a point. If like the deforestation is causing this, you know, this immigrant to have to flee to England, well, not flee, but like emigrate to England. Yeah. Um, because their, their, their town, their village has been destroyed by like outside forces coming in. Uh-huh. Um, that would have been cool, but it's not that. It's just that, oh, an earthquake happened, which does happen. Like, you see yeah, that on Haiti yeah. and stuff like that. But, like, you could have had a point about about something else. Yeah, he's a refugee. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, um, so he, the explorer explains to them, like, oh, when, you know, when there was a war back in England, all the kids flooded to the train stations, and they would just get on a train, and then at the other side of the train, someone would just take them in. Like it doesn't matter; they care about strangers there. And then when Paddington shows up, that's what he's he's expecting of modern London, mm. and it's not like that at all. It's just a UKIP counselor. Yeah, when he just, off the boat, like, <laughs> it's just go back home. <laughs> people just ignoring him, even though he is he's literally <clears throat> a bear wearing a hat talking. Yeah, yeah. And he's got luggage with them. And just, like, no one pays attention to, like, how 
extraordinary that is. Yeah, he's like, a, he has notions. It's like, oh, you think you're better than us? To a point where I was like, oh, so there must be like loads of people. Like, there must be loads of bears like Paddington. Mm. No, like that's not. <laughs> that's he's like he's a super rare bear, and mm. um, where like someone he's like down by the side like he's just like by himself he's at like the low point in the story and he's gonna pick up from here and the family that eventually take him in come across him and like they're you know they don't like the the, the mom doesn't care that he's a complete stranger it's about like just taking care of him giving, giving him a night to stay and help giving a helping hand to someone that needs it um and so it's about like the family eventually becomes like just accepting him in entirely and like that's that's his home mm. but like the reason why she takes him in is because like oh she still has that great british spirit of taking in a stranger and there's a point about it mm. where like the character does say oh like they didn't care in england they took care of strangers and obviously it's a commentary on like how england you know isn't like that yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> but like we used to be ha- we used to be like that and we can be like that again um so it's like we could be like England could be the romanticized version of itself from like what they did during the war. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is a cool point. That's you know? pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I always thought that was crazy. You know, the, the way they just they shipped all the kids out from London mm. up to uh, Narnia, bro. <laughs> yeah, Narnia. Yeah, I was like, what? That's insane. I would have mm. hated that if I did that. Yeah, I would not have lasted. No, I say like it probably fucked up a lot of kids. I don't know. I never hear. I never hear about. All you ever hear is like how great that was. Yeah, yeah. Well, to be fair, it was pretty great. It was, but it is a great yeah. thing that they did. But like, yeah. I don't know if like the kids came home and they're like, they probably were mad traumatized. Ah, like, yeah. You have to be better than getting bombed, you know. Yeah. Better than dying in, in the blitz or yeah, whatever. The blitz, jeez. The old blitz. Yeah, that was mad. But yeah, I, I thought that was that was crazy. Paddington's is Peruvian. Yeah. And the whole thing about. The villain wants to stuff him. Yeah, the, and put him in the museum. The, the main villain, like Nicole Kidman, wants to take Paddington and stuff him and put him in a museum. Says a lot. Like, which is definitely like that's definitely a commentary on like you know what England does. The with, actual British Museum, yeah. But the actual museums are are filled with like you know these old living things yeah. that used to be alive. You yeah, know, even not, not, maybe not in a literal sense, but they used to be you know in a living culture mm-hmm. and they killed off the culture, brought it back home. And stuck it on the mantelpiece, pretty much. And now they charge it. They charge it, or uh, did they charge it? I don't know. But basically, no, they, no, it's all free in England. Well, still, you know, it's only free for them. London, I mean. Yeah, yeah, but like, and it's like the natural history or natural. Geo- I think it's the natural history museum is the exact one that she's like that she wants to put him in. Yeah, yeah. Because her dad was dun 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 the explorers. Ah, wait, what? She has a, like a girl. Oh, she's the explorer's daughter. Yeah, ah. that it was originally there, but she's so she's like, like he's mine. Uh, yeah, because like, my dad found him. My dad didn't bring back any. But the, the whole thing is that her dad was shamed by the history and the the science community because when he came back from Darkest Peru, he didn't bring anything with him. He should have taken a bear with him oh, to like right. prove his. Uh, oh, so they ridiculed him. So they ridiculed yeah, him, yeah. and like you're not a real scientist, you're not a real explorer. You didn't take bring back anything for for the British Empire to show off mm. how, where we've been. Mm. So he shunned, and she's like, "My dad was a fucking idiot. We would have been rich if he just t- took you, and basically if he just robbed you, you filthy natives." Basically, yeah, is what she's yeah. saying. Um, yeah, and like you belong to us is ba- is like more or less like you need to be stuffed and put onto for us to gawk at and like 
appreciate like how great Britain Britain was because we went to all these places. Um, and she's the villain. <laughs> Scumbags. Yeah, like that's you know that's, that's how it actually worked. You know. You know? Yeah, good film. I'm looking forward to I'm definitely going to see the second one. Like, I'm going to watch that soon. Yeah, the greatest film of all time. The quote-unquote Rotten Tomatoes greatest film of all time. Better than Citizen Kane. <laughs> that, that's a tall order. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely have to watch Net- These are on Netflix as well, aren't they? Only the first one is. Well, the second you know, one isn't. The second one, it's got to be somewhere, you know? Oh, I'm actually going to look that up now because I want to see, where, like, what is the rating for Paddington 2? Because it is, like... Is there Paddington 3? No, there isn't. Um, Rotten Tomatoes. Ninety nine. Who gave here? Look at look into this. Who gave in a negative review? Ninety nine with critics, eighty seven percent with audiences. Oh, what? Oh, he looks so cute. That is a very cute photo. Um, I want to see the top best movies of all time. One, nah. it happened one night. Two, Black Panther. No. Three, Lady wait, wait, Bird. Black Panther. Mission Impossible Fallout. How the fuck is the Wait, that's not that's not correct. That, there's no way that's no, it. None of this is right. We list the top 100 movies ever based on their... It happened one night. I've never heard of that. Am I pleb? Jeez, that had, does have a better fucking rating. What the fuck? I did not know Man, this. Black Panther have 99% on, on thing. Does it? How is 96. That? How is that the top one? How is one? that the second best? How is Lady Bird? Mission Impossible Fallout. That's the that's the real one here. Man, a 99... With Come on, like... You know? But like Paddington had a higher number than these, did they not? That was ninety nine and eighty three or something, which is higher than. Mm. This is not the right list. I don't know. Man, Dunkirk. Like where the but like straight away like man spotlight like spotlight at nineteen. That's like Thor Ragnarok is on this list at the bottom there. The Godfather isn't there. Godfather Two isn't there. Kane. Like none of those. <laughs> yeah. like, they, I don't know what list this is. I don't know why it's that's shown as this one. Wrong, that, yeah. That's definitely not it. Uh, I don't know. This, this is insane. First man, there's no way half these films are even good. Like, you know. I don't know what list this is. This is not the. This th- is not the right one. No. Here, look it up on Google. Like, they'll have it. Follows. It's the 77th best film of all time. No, it isn't. Avengers: Infinity War is 78. No way. Top 100. That's the same one. It's the same one. That is it, man. There's no way. Like, I just don't understand how Rotten Tomatoes. That doesn't make any sense. Um, but yeah, that was Paddington. <laughs> 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 good shit. Yeah, not bad, not bad. Talking about cozy vibes, what about a, a vibe that is also, you know the way coziness is kind of like, you know, you feel like you're all close, mm-hmm. you're, you're like in a small, you're, snug. S- you're, in a, you're snug in a small space. How about a film that's about being in a small space, but it's not cozy at all? The Core, 2003's The Core. Oh, jeez. It's uh, You're just reminding me of uh, The Vanishing. Yeah, actually, yeah. <laughs> Horrifying. Yes, yeah, it's just like the, the, the duality of coziness, mm-hmm. you know, when it, sometimes it goes too far. <laughs> and the core sometimes the, the spaces they become too tight <laughs> they got they get a bit tight down there yeah but uh, have you ever heard of the core ever watched the core never heard you've of it. never heard of it never heard it was of on tv all it, this used to be one of my f- this used to be my favorite film to watch we used to have on dvd whenever it was on tv i drop everything sit down and watch it uh it's basically armageddon in reverse there's <laughs> another way armageddon there's a comet coming towards the earth uh bruce willis and ben affleck and all the guys they have to go up and uh, land on the comet, set off a nuke to save the planet. Of course, as to, as anyone would. Yeah, as anyone would. Aerosmith's playing in the background. It's perfect, 1999. Uh, everyone knows Armageddon. The, the vibes co- are bitching. Yeah, in Armageddon. In the core. The core is, is is actually the same. The vibes are absolutely insane. Um, but it's reversed. It's a, The story is the molten core of the Earth has stopped spinning for some reason. 
And so because of this, the molten core, for people who don't know, is, uh, is what generates the electromagnetic field around our planet, which stops uh, solar radiation and other nasty things from like blasting, blasting the Earth and, and destroying all life on the planet. And basically, so this, this, the, the core has stopped spinning. So now uh, they're like, here, the, the electromag- our, our, our magnetic field is, is, is like disintegrating. We're going to get blasted back into the Stone Age within three months. All life will be gone within six months. So they come up with this insane idea to get like a, this massive kind of, it's not even a spaceship, it's like a version of the rocket they had, like Saturn V, you know, for like the Apollo missions. Oh but God. instead of going up, it goes down. Oh, Jesus. It uses plasma tunneling to tunnel into the crust, uh, through the crust, into the core, through the core, into like the... Uh, the nucleus. Yeah, like the, the inner core, and then they're supposed to set off uh, nuclear bombs, obviously, to uh, restart the core. Which is this a suicide get- mission, is it? Well, no, not not like a, you know, it's the idea is that it won't be. Yeah. But then obviously at some point it does become a suicide mission, yeah. and then obviously at the end, a few people survive. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like Armageddon. Yeah. Um, and it's great. It's a great film. It's extreme. It's it's a renowned as the most scientifically inaccurate film of all time. They actually did science a poll. Science doesn't fucking matter. So yeah, science doesn't matter, as Tarkovsky has told us and will tell us. It's not all about cold rationality and being right nope. and collecting knowledge. It's about a vibe. It's about vibes. Yeah. Vibes are key. Key. Absolutely key. Absolutely vital in this instance. The core, yeah, they actually did a poll in, I think, 2010 uh, of scientists and their opinions on movies and, like, uh, the, uh, the... Is this before or after The Martian? The Martian? Oh, this is way before The Martian. This is No, no, this is film. it this poll? The poll that you're talking about? Uh, 2010, so way before The Martian. Yeah. But uh, hey, the Martian was was known for being really like accurate and stuff yeah. like that. But you know, who cares? Who cares? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who cares? But yeah, they did a poll about uh, representation of science in film, and uh, the core came up as the number one film that scientists had a problem with because no, because apparently the, I'm actually not sure what the problems are with the plot. Makes uh, sense to me. It's, it's, it's an insane <laughs> plot, obviously, but I'm not sure what's scientifically inaccurate about it. Yeah, like it makes sense. Yeah, it makes <laughs> it generally makes sense, you know, in like a kind of science fiction way. But uh, they obviously they had a huge, they had a bone to pick with this film. Dustin Hoffman came out speaking against this film, about, <laughs> like for some this reason, film got yeah, it got it got cancelled by Dustin Hoffman because of its representation of science. But um, I think it's a perfectly, it's not even okay. It's a great. Uh, B movie kind of science this science is fiction. The anti vaxxer <laughs> cult film. The what? Yeah. The, oh yeah. This yeah. is the anti vaxxers cult film. Yeah, exactly. Like the, all these scientists and experts, quotation marks, telling you that you shouldn't enjoy this film about the core stops. You know, stops spinning and the uh, Aaron Eckhart has to tunnel into the into the the mantle and blow off like a you know loads of uh, at- atomic bombs and stuff. There's nothing wrong with that premise. It makes perfect sense if you actually watch the film. Yeah. And it's fun. It's really fun. It has all... It hits all the beats. It's really well made. <laughs> like, it, it's it's actually... What did this look about? 2003. It's so really is, well made. So this is even before Sunshine. This is before all this stuff where it became fashionable to become, like, scientific. Oh, this is so... Well, like, like, interstellar kind of thing. Like the, well, like, only because, like, the, like, Sunshine is basically the plot of this film. But it's literally, like, oh, the inner core... Is fine, but the outer core, the sun, we need to blow up the sun to restart it. Mm, yeah, kind of like that. But sunshine is other stuff going on. Yeah, it does. It's like a horror. Dude's detriment. You know, it's like a slasher and stuff like that. Yeah. At different points. The core is just about 
It's just Armageddon, See, but in reverse. And if and if Sunshine was that, it'd be the greatest film ever made. If it just focused on Sunshine, yeah, or on the sun, yeah, yeah, probably, yeah. It would have been better anyway. It if it just stuck to, the best if it stuck, to, if it stuck to the horror elements. The core is no horror. It's just straight science fiction. It has Aaron Eckhart, leading man. Hilary Swank is a kind of like, you know, strong-headed uh, female lead. You have uh, Stanley Tucci is like the, the brains kind of scientist. Mm. You have the foreign guy. You have the black guy. You got the... the um, there's some other guy in there. There's, mm-hmm. They have a hacker character. It's amazing. <laughs> they literally have one of those scenes where he sits back in a chair and he puts on sunglasses and he's like, it's time. And then they have like all these like this montage. Bitchin', yeah, they have this, mo- this montage of ones and zeros going like through the different uh, like fading it in and out. It is post the it, Matrix hacker. Yeah, yeah. It's, oh, am- it's amazing. You know? It's so on the nose. It's just, it's literally paint by numbers, standard early 2000s why slash 90s sci-fi the 2000s so bad like this why is a great film i know i know, no. <laughs> but it's but, but mark right like why were the 2000s so bad for movies like the early 2000s i think what happened there's a lot of weird things yeah obviously with you know like the conventions this film is kind of constrained in like the chains of the conventions that it kind of abides by uh, and those conventions are pretty bleak yeah and like they're so boring <laughs> boring yeah problematic like there's like there's so many things wrong with it and like it's just kind of like doing the same thing again and again but this film it's like you know the way The Conjuring is a very paint by numbers horror film yes this film is like that but with B-movie sci-fi that's what you want in the 90s 2000s mm-hmm. it's very very good <laughs> it's very very good you have this you know they're, they're tunneling in the they, they build this giant the what's his name Braz he's the, he's the, 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 the he builds the fucking tunneling machine and he has like plasma guns that, that shoot into the earth and uh, they're like in there and like for some reason they have a, like a wind a windshield <laughs> you know even though they're going underground and they're, they're like dodging diamonds and stuff like that and they, eventually they get, they, they get hit by diamonds and like one by one they have to like uh, eject different compartments and all the different members of the crew meet like horrible fates uh, in in different ways. What? What? Okay. What way does one character die? The worst, most most emotional way someone dies. Honestly, heartbreaking <laughs> is Serge, the foreign guy. He's he's French, mm-hmm. um, and he's like the weapon specialist. And uh, oh, he's like our fucking <laughs> character from like um, Atlantis. Uh, wait, what? The bomber guy in Atlantis, like the the last city with that the animated one, the Disney one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm he's, pretty sure he's French as well. Yeah, he's in charge of of the nukes anyway. He yeah. puts like little French flags on the nukes, and uh, but like <laughs> they they run into like they they're they're in the diamond field, and so Hilary Swank is up there trying to dodge diamonds, like huge diamonds, and um, obviously they they get hit by one of them, and uh, everything's thrown haywire, and Aaron Eckhart has to he has to dive underneath the. Uh, like this, because uh, obviously things are shutting down. That compartment has been cr- like critically hit. That's getting shut down. So he dives under the door. But Serge is like, oh wait, the nukes are back here. We have to like, we, we're they're in the middle of arming the nukes. So he stays back to make sure that the nukes are all armed so that the mission can be completed. Mm-hmm. But it, at the same time, obviously he gets trapped in this compartment, and they eject the compartment, and he's slowly crushed alive. And they show it, and they show him crushed, like getting getting like you know compressed by the pressure deep into the earth. But he also throws out his. Uh, for some reason, he, th- he throws Aaron Eckhart his uh, his notebook, uh, his like a ca- his calculations and stuff, and also has like drawings by his kids. It's like, uh, Papa, uh, cannot what wait till you are fuck? back in La Maison and stuff like that. It's just like it's just Aaron Eckhart crying over uh, like a deck of computers. It's like it's fucked up. 
That's it's fucked so, up. it's so fucked up, but it's 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 uh, it's great. It's so good. I love this film. It's hated though. Yeah. Hated. Why? <laughs> it's hated. But it's good. It's good. Uh, it's not. It's not. It doesn't show anywhere. I think is the main problem. I think people would like this generally because mm. there's nothing really wrong with it. It's just cozy. Is it? It's just you know. It just is what it is. It's is very that, very conventional. I'm assuming that it all takes place within the ship, does it? No, no. Well, they they start out with. Um, no, but like once they're in, once they're in the ship, it doesn't. Oh no! It cuts back and forth between um, the hacker characters is back in back at base. Oh, okay. Because right. this is all orchestrated by NASA. Mm-hmm. Um, and it turns out that NASA are the ones or not NASA like fucking NSA or whatever they're the ones who stopped the core originally because they're letting off nukes underneath in, in the mantle for some reason uh, to get to the Soviets even though this is 2003 but they're doing something anyway and the core stopped uh, so it's like kind of back and forth between the ship like Aaron Eckhart being like we have to complete the mission and like the NSA being like you gotta come back like it's, it's hopeless mm. it's like we're gonna let off an even bigger nuke and hope that the core restarts, which obviously doesn't work. And then they save the day. It's great. I spoiled it. So sorry, spoilers. I mean, I, I, if I anyone's going to watch, I, I can <laughs> take a guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good though. Jeez, that is. Why were the two thousands so bad? Like, I just don't understand. This it. is a great film. This is <laughs> not. Know, this should not be grooved in with that. But come on, like, <laughs> it's conventional as fuck. Is it like the day after tomorrow and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> come on, Mark. Day after tomorrow. That's a great film, man. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> man. That's no, but it, what's the right. guy to make those films? Uh, Roland Emmerich. Come on, no. <laughs> but see, they're not great films, obviously. But you can watch; they're perfectly good at what they're trying to do. The worst one of those type of films I've ever seen. 2012. No, even worse than that. I thought I didn't even watch all of it. I was watching it when I was younger. Uh, the day that the Earth stood still, the remake. Jeez, yeah, that was so boring. That was, that was so, so bad. bad. So bad. I remember I saw that in cinemas. I was like, this is so bad. It it's was one of the only films that I, I turned to, like my family in the middle of the theater. I was just like, this is just rubbish. Yeah. I was like, I was 11 years old or Man, 12. Like I watched that like around the same time, like 11, 12. I watched it when I was younger. I think it was like Sky Premier or something played it and I watched it and I think it was like it was one of the first times I was like Jesus films can be really bad yeah when you recognise how bad something can be yeah like you're just like I've been watching like good shit my entire life and this is like (laughs) it's a bad film this is a reminder I'm like this is a bad movie like yeah um, it's rubbish and that's a remake of an apparently good film yeah I'm not sure I don't know like what um what was like your when you were younger? What were like films that you that even when you were younger you're like that that's fucking bad. Yeah, Igor, I, I talked about it before. You know that that film. Igor's Igor is great. No, no, Igor. no, I'm thinking of Hugo. I'm thinking of Hugo. Yeah, the Scorsese you, one. Yeah, no, Igor. I've never seen Igor. The, an, the animated one. It's the only film I've ever walked out of. I was I think I was like nine years old. Harsh critic even back then. <laughs> <laughs> My mom just turned to us. Is like. Do you, are you enjoying this? Like my brother was just me and my brother was just like, nah, this is rubbish. <laughs> like we we all just knew. Yeah, we're the only people in the theater as well. Everyone knew this is a terrible film. But like that was one of the first instances where like, that was two thousand eight. As the first instance where where I could like I could see where the story was going in like mm. a bad way, and I was like, this is just because usually when when you're a kid, obviously everything. Pretty much everything you watch is good. is good. Yeah, like you, you can you're, watch, m- you're mostly watching like Disney classics that. For the most part, still hold up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and even if you're, if you, even if it's bad, like you don't notice if it's bad, or yeah, you don't really yeah, care. You don't really you know? care. Like it's just you know, it's like fun, you stimulating. Know, like a images. bad movie for a kid is a really boring film. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and like a bad kids film is a boring kids film. Most of the time, not even enjoyable for adults. Then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, like there's nothing to them. Um, 
I'm trying to think like I can the one that always stands out to me and I wasn't I'm one of, I would have been like kind of young because I watched like Predator with my dad when I was really when I was young mm. it's like one of my first 18s film and I really liked that film Um, so then when I was like around that age and I started watching all the Predator movies I didn't watch Alien films I watched the Predator films and I watched Alien vs. Predator Requiem and I was like that is literally the worst film I've ever seen <laughs> And to this day, I despise that film. Requiem. I can't remember that one. It's the second Alien vs. Predator. Yeah. I think I watched the first one. First one's fine. First one's just like, whatever. I think that's actually... Pretty sure the director of that... You know, the the director of that directs uh, and produces the Resident Evil movies. Oh, right. W.S. Anderson. Oh, your man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our boy. Yeah, he's married to Mila Ting. Yeah, Mila Jokovic. Jokovic, Um. Like, that film's fine. I don't know who directed the second one. The second one, I absolutely despise. I hate it so much. It's just an awful film. Yeah. That's the worst, though, you know? And it's like, it's it has, like, a peak of, like, just being like, oh, like, one of the complaints about the about the first Alien vs. Predator was that it was 15s, and people were like, oh, that should have been 18s. So the second one, they went 18s. Like, it is so edgy. Mm. It's so, it's really fucking bad. Um, and then there's even like uh, like the even the like all the gore is like special effects, and it's just shit. It just looks so bad. Yeah, and it's so dark you can't see anything. Fuck it, fuck that bad movie. Yeah, it's you know it's part the, part of growing up, you know. But the core is not a bad movie. The core, the up. core is a B movie. It's a very good B movie. It's not an A, a movie. movie. Exactly, it's a perfect kind of. It's great fun to watch. Yeah. It's very fun to watch. Very fun to watch. I think you'd enjoy it. I, I think th- you wouldn't mind watching it. I think it. it's that certain type of bullshit that I, that I enjoy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, Tremors is one of my favorite films. I, I was literally watching it. Yeah. I was thinking, Owen would like this because it's like Tremors. Yeah, oh um, man, Tremors fucks. Yeah, yeah. Tremors That's is so thing. good. It's that kind of vibe. Even, like, it, like, when I heard, like, whenever I heard about Tremors for the first time, I was like... I know I'm gonna like that film. It's about big worms and like mm. cowboys fighting them. That's gonna be fun. <laughs> Kevin Bacon's in it. Kevin yeah. Bacon's <laughs> in it. Like, come on. Obviously, you're gonna enjoy this. Um, and then when you watched it and you talked about it on the podcast, you're like, "Oh, you'd enjoy that as well." I was like, "I know, 100. percent I'm gonna, I'm gonna love this film." And I watched it. I was like, "Best film I've ever made." Yeah, yeah. It's fact, fact, fact. Just facts. Just facts out here. That's not 2000s though, is it? That's 94, 95. Yeah, yeah. it's quite Holds a while up. ago. Oh, it does, yeah. yeah. The effects are very good. Except for that one that one scene where it's CGI. Yeah. Well, you know, can't be able to. <laughs> you can't have it all. Can't ha- you can't have it all. You can't, can't have, have it all. So, I watched a new film this this week. A 2021 film. A 2021 film. Not a brand new film, but it is a 2021 you film. You see, this was on the list of the greatest films of 2021. Because it is. Like, it's straight up it's like... It's like five or six on the Rotten Tomato thing. I think it's... It's my favorite film of 2021 that I've seen so far. Um, it is again cozy vibes for the most part. Um, I guess like the core central idea is very heartwarming, very light, but it's a very it's a very sad movie at the same time. Um, it's about Nick Cage character. Can't remember his name, but it's Nick Cage, and he lives out in the forest uh, with a pig, and he just like. Hunts truffles, just gets truffles, mm. gathers truffles, doesn't Cozy. hunt, doesn't hunt them, <laughs> gathers <Yeah>. them, <laughs> um, and it's very soft and very gentle, um, for like ten, maybe about ten minutes, 
15 minutes maybe and then the pig is taken and like when that happens like it is like impact immediately uh, even though that it's shot like Nick Cage is hit and the camera jolts with them to the ground and stuff like that very impactful action mm. for that for that bit so you're like here we go Nick Cage is gonna fuck people up to get this pig back like he's like mad uh, cozy and calm but I bet you he's a he's a killer he's like Mandy or mm. like you know uh, John Wick or like any revenge film that's what you're expecting. Film is not that at all. And it completely plays and toys with your expectations that that's what the film is going to be because it holds off on like kind of showing its full hand for ages. And then by that stage, the mystique of who uh, Nick Cage's character is like um, disappears as well. Like the realization of like who this character is isn't that he's this stone cold badass motherfucker who's just gonna destroy and wreck anyone. Mm. He's the most empathetic character ever put to film. He is so peaceful, but yet is so like filled with the hope that his pig is still gonna be alive. That he like fights through like even like really fucked up shit happening to him. Mm. Yeah, that's that's real like uh you know, inversion of, of what you expect. It's a it, pure anti-revenge film. There's no violence or anything, though. No. There is violence, but, like, the vi- the it's violence not... is all on his character. Mm, yeah, yeah. Like, anytime, no, he never throws a punch. He gets the shit kicked out of him. <laughs> yeah, turn the other cheek kind of stuff. Yeah. Jesus kind of vibes. Yeah, maybe, like, Jesus kind of vibes. <laughs> but, like, I think it's just a way to... To be, you are you have full empathy with this character by the end of the film because mm. you've seen how far he's willing to go to get his fucking pig back. His little piggy. <laughs> but I don't blame him because that pig is like you spend ten minutes with that pig. I, is it a real pig? It's a real pig. I would go through that for that pig. That's <laughs> it. That's it. I would die for that pig. Pigs are so underrated, so underrated. You know they're smarter than dogs. Pigs are so smart. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But like we just eat them. We don't. But like you don't even keep them as pets. You know? Yeah, because like, you're not brother, really allowed, are you? Yeah, you can. Yeah, but like you don't. Yeah, but you don't. Mm, why is that? I don't know. The big man. Yeah, I suppose. Pigs get big, don't they? Yeah, I suppose. Hogs. Is there a difference between a hog and a pig? I assume, yeah, I assume there. Yeah, there definitely is. But like a pig. Pigs are still fucking big. Really? You know? Well, they should breed like different, you know. They do. Like you can get like little pop belly pigs and stuff like that. Yeah, you should get them. People should have them. They're mad expensive and they don't live that long. And apparently they're really hard to take care of. Oh really? They're like they're like a trend as well, aren't they? The uh, mini pigs. Oh yeah, I seen the yeah the li- the little mini pigs. They're a bit like they're just hamsters. Like. Yeah, that's just like you might as well just get like a fucking chihuahua or whatever. Yeah. You know, that's the same thing. Like that's not a real pig. Like no. a pro- like a pig, like a like you know, you know like a shepherd or like a yeah. like a Labrador dog. You know, like you just have pigs. People should just bring pigs to the park because pigs are like, they can learn tricks and stuff, and they have like feelings and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> they have feelings. They have feelings. They do have feelings. They're smart. They're really smart. They are really smart. Yeah. I feel so bad for them. Because uh, cows, like, cow, you can understand, like, I can kind of turn you the other way with cows because cows, cows are, are like, idiots. But cows are like dogs in that way. 
Like cows are idiots the same way that dogs are idiots. Yeah, but cows don't. Ha- well, I don't know. I've ne- I don't really know any cows, you know. But like, <laughs> I've seen the TikToks, bro. <laughs> yeah, I suppose they have like personalities and all. Yeah. But like, they're still kind of idiots. Sheep, anyway. Could sheep you, are dumb as fuck. You can fuck. never feel bad for a sheep. No. They're, they're just like robots, you know. Yeah. They're just like, you know, <laughs> blank eye bad. Yeah, man. Just like run off the cliffs randomly. Yeah. You have to be stopped from running off cliffs. You ever seen that clip of your man? And he's up. He's like climbing a mountain or something like that. And there's a goat stuck. With his head in the fence, and your man comes up to him and like pulls his head off. <laughs> the fucking goat just immediately falls down the mountain. <laughs> like, what? Down the mountain, like tumbles <laughs> down the mountain, and he turns around and goes like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> and like all the people that like he's with, like his mates, and they go, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. Like, oh, straight away, they're just like they're in bits. Like those animals, you can't. Like at least you can turn the other way. Pigs, yeah, yeah, I always feel bad for pigs. Yeah. You know, it's so sad. I feel bad for them all. <laughs> Mo. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Preaches <laughs> <laughs> to the choir here. Yeah. Um, no, but pigs, pig, not pigs. Pig is really, really good. It's like it's also beautifully shot. The cage is great in it, um, especially because like I've been watching a few um, of the new, more recent. <laughs> I've been watching a few. <laughs> had to announce it audibly. <laughs> no one can see you. <laughs> yeah, no, but like you could. <laughs> um, the um, but the like I've been watching more recent enough Nick Cage films. Like I think the last ones I've watched were like Mandy, Mom and Dad, and The Wicker Man. Yeah, the the one um in the fair house or the fair ground. And Willy's Wonderland. Willy's as well. Wonderland. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That was yeah. That for some reason that sticks to me because the core concept is so good for that <laughs> yeah, film. Like yeah, it just yeah. fucks it. Like <laughs> um, the um, like yeah, Willy's Wonderland. Willy's Wonderland. Willy's Wonderland and Pig have come out in the same year. They are on polar opposites on the spectrum mm. in terms of like vibes, in terms of like message and themes or whatever. Like. Pig is very slow. Not slow. Yeah, no, it is very slow. How long is it? Ninety minutes. That's not. Oh, yeah, it's just short. But it's like yeah, it's like. But like you feel slow like, pace, and you feel like you've spent a lot of time with with Nick Cage's character. Mm. There's also Alex Wolfert. Is that his name? Alex, the guy from Hereditary. Oh yeah, Alex Wolf. Yeah. Or Nate Wolf, one of them, the twins. Alex the, Wolf. Alex Wolf, yeah. Who's Wolf Hart? Is Wolf Hart the guy? That's from, the guy from Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Alex Wolf. Um He's great. He's in this fantastic. He is great. And he plays a character that, much like Nick Cage, the more you learn about because you're like, he's a dickhead. Like when you first meet him, you're like, he is a dickhead. But you understand by the end of the film why he's like that. And it's like, ah, uh, the more that you spend time with these... And it's also just because Nick Cage's character is, like, a very empathetic character that, like, he brings people into him very well. Mm. So, Nick Wolf's character just, like, tells him everything about him. Like, just starts, like, explaining his life, whatever. Um, And it's just cozy. It's cozy and, like, emotional. Like, there's a bit in this film where, like, something happens and, like, it hit me. Like, I was actually, like, I'm not crying, but God, that that hurt. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the end of the film is just like, well, time to like move on, I guess, because the whole film is about grief. The whole film 
is about a character that like can come to terms with the fact that his wife has has died, mm. and that it being tied to the pig and being like, I've been like rejecting the fact that my wife has died, and I'm just kind of you know haven't come to terms with it, and it's been like ten, fifteen years, and uh, you know by the end of the film, like characters need to move on from from uh, the grief that they are suffering, basically more yeah, or less. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's good. Very good. Yeah, it sounds really good. I'd yeah. love to watch that. I wish it was... Uh, that's probably on YouTube, isn't it? Like, to pay. You could definitely watch it on, on YouTube, yeah. Mm, yeah. Or it's on, it's on Raccoon. Um, I think it was a four quid. Four euro. Four euro. Not bad. HD. <laughs> HD. Sign me up. Yeah, it's, it's a, I have a little list now. I, have to see, I still have to see Relic. Relic yeah, Relic. Pig. That's, that's this year as well, isn't it? Or 2020. That's or 2020. 2020 still. It's good to see, you know, new, good new content coming yeah. out. Yeah. You know? I still, there's still a bunch of films I still need to see from 2021. Like, I still need to see Black Panther. Or not Black Panther, um, Jesus and the Black Messiah. Yeah, same, yeah. That, remember um, that was 18 euro on, on Rakuten, wasn't it's it? De- it's definitely come down now. Yeah, it's, it, yeah. it better it have. It better have, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that's coming on to Netflix soon enough. So ah, yeah, we'll watch it then. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to watching it. I that. remember we mentioned that in our first episode. We still haven't seen it. Yeah. Maybe for episode 100. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Recommended film for episode 100. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Um, Coming full circle. I'm trying to think of other ones. Um, I can't remember. Like, Do you want to see Last Night in Soho? Um, No, not really. I'm talking about films that have also come out. Like, not films to still come yeah, out. Yeah, that's it now, isn't it? What about uh, French Dispatch? No. Yeah, I'm not interested in seeing that I at all. I don't want to see that. Carl wants to go see that. What do you think of it? You said it was good. You said it was, it wasn't as good as Grand Budapest, but like it was still good. Grand Budapest is like it is that's pe- like his it's, his opus, isn't it, it? Yeah, it's not my favorite Wes Anderson film, mm. but it's the best like Wes Anderson film. Like it's the most co- Wes Anderson with, film, yeah. yeah. And like of all the like quotation marks over Wes Anderson film, it is the best one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so. like, he's like. Like, Isle of Dogs is dog shit. Isle of Dogs <laughs> is so bad. I love, more like Isle of Dog shit. Uh, it's, have you seen that film? <laughs> no, no. That film is dog shit. That film <laughs> yeah. is so bad. Animated. It's the animated one, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, it's real bad. And I've heard, like, that French Dispatch kind of follows on in that trajectory that uh, Wes Anderson is on. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't go see that now. Not in terms of it being bad, but in terms of it being bad in a similar way that mm. Isle of Dogs is bad. Yeah, yeah, like people can look. I'm sure a lot of people love uh, Isle of Dogs. I'm not one of them. It's just not my film. <laughs> it's just not my it's film. Not me. It's just not me. It's just not me. Yeah, that's fair. That's very fair. I don't know what else is coming out or what. Matrix is coming out now in a, in a few weeks. Scream. Ah, uh, that's gonna be shy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like it's coming out. Um, Matrix. Matrix is the main one. Is there something else? I don't think there is. I th- no, th- Morbius is January. You're done with that. Yeah, yeah. I think we got... Oh, Spider-Man. The new Spider-Man. Uh, when's that? Is that this? Is that That's December? December. Oh, yeah, I remember. Uh, that, yeah, I'll go see that, actually, yeah. But I won't expect much, you know? We still have, that, we still have the Texas Chainsaw film to maybe come out, or is 2021. that... 2021. It could drop any day now. Is that, or is that now... Is that 2022 at this stage? It's still. I think it's still listed as 2021. Even if it's 2022, you know, it doesn't really matter, does it? Because you know? it's going to be shy. I still haven't seen anything from it. Mm. Not a single thing. But imagine the hype if it drops without any any posters, any trailers or anything. And it's the best one since the first one. 
Imagine if, the hype. If that happens... I would eat my hat. I would. Like, I will actually... I will cry. I will we'll cry, cry on tears. podcast. Tears, tears of, of joy. Tears of blood. <laughs> tears of joy. Like, the whole... I've been expecting... If that film turns out to be good... Mm. All bets are off. Anything Done. can happen. Like, like that, that, that could be like there's ramifications for like world history. <laughs> if something comes out of nowhere, out of the blue, Texas Chainsaw suddenly like, saves itself. Reality, reality is yeah. like on tight on a tightrope at this at the moment. Yeah. Like things are weird at the moment. If a Texas Chainsaw film turns out to be good, it's over. Yeah, it's like who knows what <laughs> could happen next. Anything is possible from that point. But uh, you know. Like a, it's like a miraculous kind of thing. Yeah. Maybe we're we're praying for a miracle. We're praying. We're go, throwing a hail mary here. Uh, please, it's, it's not going to pay off. But if it did, wow! Imagine Man, the they, imagine the feels. Even if it turns out to be better than Halloween Kills, that would be good. But like, it's still that, that would, that would be, still be a letdown. Yeah, like, no, that would be a letdown. <laughs> but that would be mind blowing. Because yeah, I imagine, if it was, imagine it was four out of ten, that'd be crazy. Oh, <laughs> it's four out of ten. I can't. Like, it's like it's like one better than Halloween Kills. Like, that yeah. still would be respectable. Like, <laughs> that would yeah. because like, and it's like it would be the complete like you know it's still like uh it's still a bad movie, but at least it's not as bad as the film I was looking forward to. That's the thing. It's all about expectations, and they've given us nothing to expect. So there can only it can only go up. Yeah, it's, right now it's at zero, so we can only go up. <laughs> oh, or can it. we? But yeah, I was uh, speaking about things that can only go up. <laughs> Uh, I watched Capricorn One there this week. Ever ever hear about that? Never. Nineteen seventy eight or seventy seven. Capricorn One. It's about um, you know the way they have those conspiracies about the moon landings. Of how, course. How the moon landings weren't. You mean real? You mean the truth videos? The truth or videos? Yes. Yes, exactly. Actually, I was watching one of those flat Earth videos there during during the week. You mean yesterday? Flat Earth documentaries, yes. I'm yeah, I was watching. It was an it was an hour and twenty minutes long. I watched nearly the full thing, and it was <laughs> hilarious. I'm not man. I'm Absolutely not, hilarious. I can't for some reason. There's a lot of it that I can like watch and find funny. Mm. There's something about flat Earth, flat Earth that like I just it it annoys it's, me. Like it doesn't. I don't find any entertainment in it. It's just like. You're just an idiot. <laughs> yeah, but like it was just like I I could I've seen some of the you know Apollo Eleven was fake all that like the fake moon landing stuff. And like I, I believe that before I believe flat Earth. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but, a, but that's why I don't enjoy the, uh, the, the the moon landing hoax videos because I'm like some of this like kind of like this weird discrepancies yeah. you know. So I'm like in I, the way I, that at least in the I can't laugh at it in the way that it's telling you the story. Yeah, the way it's presenting it. But like the the flat Earth thing I was watching, it was like. Uh, like they sent up, they got a GoPro and they sent it up on a balloon, <clears throat> and they're like, "See the see the horizon is completely flat." But like it's a fisheye lens, and like they're like miles up up in the atmosphere. It's a fisheye lens, and like they're talking about the curvature, like you're. It's a fisheye lens, <laughs> and they're talking about curvature of the horizon. It's just like there was every few minutes there was just something flat out, like like pants on head <laughs> stupid i was just it was just very funny to watch like i was enjoying it all the way up i got about an hour in they started talking about how jews control the world i was like this is just <laughs> it's just like he didn't have to go there like there's nothing in this about jews like and they just had to they all have to make that leap at some stage so i stopped watching it then but that was very funny but um but yeah the apollo why do they always why is it just conspiracy theories are just for the most part racist no not at all i don't <laughs> think so i think uh, I don't know. I think a lot of it is a psyop. It's all controlled by the CIA. 
No, I think a lot of it ties back into the Freemasons, and the Freemasons yeah. do actually have a like all the people were like you know Eastern Europeans and stuff, and like some of them were Jews, and they're like, oh, it must have been you know the Jews, and they must still control yeah the world. It's all stupid. But anyway, I I, I don't like watching the Apollo hoax videos because they're too close to the truth. They cut too close <laughs> to the bone. <laughs> but uh, I used to be I used to be really into that stuff, like not the conspiracy but like just watching yeah, documentaries the about the moon about apollo and stuff like that as uh, and then when i was like i think i was like 13 or 14 my parents showed me this film capricorn one it's about a you know different reality obviously where the americans are going to the to mars and for various reasons this is set in the 70s this is a very very 70s film like we talk <laughs> about the 70s a lot in this in this on this podcast about like the kind of psychic space that yeah. exists in the 70s where like everyone's kind of cynical and like you know, the dreams of the 60s and, like, the kind of modernist era have kind of collapsed. Yeah. And, uh, you know, even, like, public kind of infrastructure and the state have kind of, like, scaled back their ambitions. Like, in this film, the Apollo landings did happen. They're all mm-hmm. they're all completely legit. But there have been NASA cutbacks and there have been, like, constraints put onto the, uh, onto the American state and, like, sort of their uh, their plans to expand into... Uni- into, into onto Mars and like wherever else they want to go. So the NASA themselves have found it easier to just fake a Mars landing. Um which I thought was pretty cool. The way yeah. they kind of exp- they went through that. Um it also stars OJ Simpson, which is, is com- <laughs> completely insane. Absolutely insane. Like say <laughs> say what you want about the guy. Jesus. He's not a bad actor. He's not a bad actor. Hello, Twitter world. <laughs> yeah, his Twitter is so funny. It's funny in a really dark, dark way. Oh my god, <laughs> is it anything what OJ is? Yeah, yeah. Do you ever ever see that video where he was? Uh, they're doing an interview with him, <laughs> and they opened the door, and he's there with a knife. He's like, ah. his eyes. He's like joking. It's like this isn't a joke. Um, yeah, like, this isn't funny. <laughs> yeah, this, this is a serious interview, and he's there with a knife, like pretending to stab the reporter. He's like, oh, did you get it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> did you get the reference? <laughs> yeah. But uh, he's in this. He's not the star. He's like the kind of the co-star. And um, he's not. He's, he does a pretty good job as well. He was in a lot of. He was in like Towering Inferno and stuff. He was. Uh, I think he was an actor before. He was training as an actor before he became a football player, and uh, he came from like a like a theatrical family anyway. Mm. So that's why he kind of got into the into the business. I think that's kind of contributed to his star as well. Like why he was so traumatic when he fell in, yeah. in the nineties, you know. But uh, he's also in this. Twitter world, uh, <laughs> <Twitter world. laughs> so funny. <laughs> but uh, it's an independent film, and it's extremely well made. Mm. It's extremely well written. There's a because you have the whole lead up to the thing, um, where they're in the rocket and they're preparing to, to blast off, and everything's done very like, it's just done very like you know, it's like a standard kind of lead up yeah, to that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. And then you have a uh, they're, they're suddenly they're dragged out of the capsule, uh, by this guy in the suit, and they're brought down to like a, a little interrogation room, like the astronauts. And the rocket blasts off without them. Like the the rocket goes into space, like, um, and they're brought into this interrogation room. And the guy in the suit uh, is is sitting there, and he does this amazing speech, which goes on for like I don't know seven or eight minutes, just basically explaining like the kind of points I was talking about there, like the themes of the film, yeah, about how like the like the collapse of American ambitions and like how this Mars project is an attempt to kind of reclaim yeah reignite that yeah yeah reignite send a nuke to the core of this issue yeah 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 <laughs> to a to a whole different world yeah yeah and um, as an attempt to kind of reignite the glory of the apollo era without 
the costs pretty much, yeah. which is you know the whole kind of mood of the late seventies. Um, and which he, is the way that you could look at the moon landing as well. What do you mean? Like you, could, you could like if you if you believe in conspiracy theories, you could yeah. Be like, that's what they did with the moon landing. Yeah, exactly. But like th- that was back in the you know, excess. Yeah. You have like Lyndon Johnson and all the guys. And it's just like just let's just go to the moon for the for the laugh, you know. Let's, let's do it, boys. Yeah, let's just go to the moon. You know, they, they, that's unthinkable these days. You know, uh, even in the seventies, it was like, or at that at that point anyway, it was like uh, something that wasn't really on people's minds. Yeah. So that's what they're talking about. There's like there's like a speech as I was saying, six or seven minutes long. It's very very good, very well written, Um because the guy in the suit is friends with, he obviously knows the astronauts. He's friends with them. He's making an appeal, a personal appeal, as uh, in the way of like, I'm a cog in the system. I don't yeah. want to do this to you. Um, like I know this is your dream to go to Mars, but you can't. Like we can't afford for this to fuck up. Yeah. So you have to stay on Earth, and we're gonna do like a, we're gonna do a a TV show basically. We're gonna film a fake. Moon Mars landing. landing. <laughs> fake Mars landing. Yeah, and if you don't Moon cooperate, landing. we'll kill your families. <laughs> yeah. And there's, obviously, there's a big, you know sort of a tension there between the astronauts who want to go to, uh, or who don't want to live this lie, and the kind of uh, state officials who have to keep things covered. Yeah. Because, like, their jobs depend on the, their livelihoods, you know, the kind of the legitimacy of the American state, yeah. you know, relies entirely on this thing playing off exactly as it should. But then things go completely wrong because, you know, they're waiting four or five months, you know, the the ship the ship is still up in space, it's doing its tour, and... Um, and it's coming back. They've they've landed. They've done the landing on Mars. The astronauts have cooperated. They've, they've had like a live transmission. The, the president done the speech afterwards. They had the first uh, first words on Mars and stuff. Uh, but the the real spaceship is out in space and it's coming back to Earth. And suddenly it breaks up and explodes in the atmosphere. So the astronauts are dead technically. Yeah. You know, or like figuratively in the public's mind, but they're also alive because they didn't actually go into space. Yeah. So there's a big. There's a really cool kind of. Uh, I don't know premise or like and sort tension of tension there. Yeah, tension for like the last act, which is a very it's it's played out very very well. It's, it sort of takes place in the desert mm. as one of the best chase sequences I've seen in uh in a, like especially for an independent film with a, probably a very constrained kind of uh, resources and budget. It has this really like this amazing chase sequence between like a crop duster kind of kind of little four four winged aircraft kind of yeah. thing and two like black helicopters from the FBI with and one of the astronauts is hanging onto the wing of the of the crop duster and it's like they're like swooping in and around uh, like this canyon in, in the desert yeah it's like uh, it's very very well done that sounds dope it's class <laughs> it's cla- it's a very good film um, it's, it's just really good it's like a great independent it's like mm. 70s film um, it was really well received obviously uh, th- but they never really went on to do anything except for O.J. Simpson, obviously. If we, you know, he's, yeah, well, he went he's to do the, a few bits. Yeah, he's <laughs> probably the biggest star out of it. But uh, I thought it's it's just one of those really good films. Yeah, it's, but also it has the whole the whole themes of the, the the deep state and like the the hoax and the conspiracy kind of background. I thought that was always very cool. Yeah, this sounds like a really inspired uh, a film that I watched ages ago. I think I talked about it on the podcast that um, Operation Avalanche, the guys that did the Dirties. The next one that they did. Mm, what, what was it about? It was about like them faking the moon landing. Oh, yeah. The found, yeah, the yeah. found footage film about them faking the moon landing. Yeah. It explains it really well. But like in that as well, there's a really cool chase scene. And like it's obviously a super low budget indie film. Mm. But there's an unreal like chase scene in that as well. Which is just like, that's what you like. Chase scenes are hard to do. Yeah, very hard. Yeah. So like really appreciate them when they're in an indie film then. Yeah, because there's a lot of, there's parts in Capricorn 1. Because uh, the last act, basically, is set in the desert. Mm-hmm. 
and so like huge like theoretically huge sets and like huge set pieces like you yeah need, like the helicopters there are points where the helicopters are clearly real but there's also points where they're clearly not real yeah but they also look good enough to be like this is there's no like you're not actively suspending your disbelief yeah because, it doesn't break it yeah, yeah but yeah. it's clearly like little miniature sets but the effects are so good it's so like it's played off so well that like you don't you don't really care don't or notice mind. yeah yeah it's very very good film definitely worth watching it's not available anywhere though as always you know but so is the life yeah I sure have a, it'll be somewhere you know show up one day people, people will be like whoa look at this film everyone knows how the internet works ah yeah but like there's so many steps involved yeah but you know you can figure it out yourself yeah if you if you want if you want to find this this little gem this hidden gem this wee little gem yeah if you want to find the truth you have to dig deep that's one of those dark sites the moral yeah yeah you have to get the dark side of YouTube Oh, the depths. Mm. But yeah, so the moon landing didn't happen. Who'd have thunk it? Who'd have thunk it? Who'd that have we would have solved that already. Yeah, but only everyone episode knew sixty-four. We've already figured that out. We're only an hour into this episode. We've already what, solved. what other truths will be told after the break? Ooh. And now on to the last movie that we're going to talk about today on today's episode. We're back in Tarkovsky land. Yeah, once, once more in the uh, the ether, in the far scopes of the unknown. Yeah, the mad, trippy, universal, cosmic vibes. But also, he's not. Is he not? He's not really talking about space, is he? He's not very much a film that is a response to two thousand and one, mm. which is a film that I talked about recently. While on my slow movie binge, was it? We'll take on we'll take on Big Daddy two thousand one. Yeah, all the big hits. Um, and you know I've had my problems with that film. Um, I don't really like that film that much. Like I I appreciate it for what it, what it is, but I don't like it that much. Um, because I found it to be a very very cold film and I couldn't couldn't vibe with it. Mm. Um, I just had to change that music. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, just <to> be lyrics. <laughs> um. And because Solaris is a direct, like definitely a direct response to uh, 2001 and is very much a film that's about, it's not about time, it's about these grand alienating concepts. It is about, you know, humans and Us. very much about human nature uh, amidst all this like madness or that is, you know, the world that we live in. This is a very like insular very cerebral film. Mm. And it's good. And I prefer it to 2001, even though it is extremely slow. It's nearly four hours. No, it's nearly three hours. Nearly sorry. three hours. It's around the same length as a uh, Stalker. So it's a little bit longer than 2001. How do you rate it in the ranks of Stalker? It's not as good as Stalker. No. Because I didn't see this. I, I did not see this film. I would say that out of the Tarkovsky films that I've seen, I've seen four at this stage, mm. my ranking would be like Stalker, Sacrifice, The Sacrifice, Mirror, and then this. This is your least favorite? My least favorite, but really? it's still super interesting in its own right. And like that's not a knock against it. Mm. Um. Like Mirror is a film that like is only ninety minutes, and I I actually I, I struggled with that movie. Yeah. It's very difficult to watch, but 
in a similar sense to 2001, like, I just appreciated the narrative structure, like, what the film was doing so much that I connected to that way more, again, than 2001, which is such, like, kind of out there, yeah. man, it's my times, but, like, where we're going, it's like... Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's... <laughs> it's great, you know? You made it sound way more interesting than when I watched it. Ah, uh, yeah. You talked about it, but, um... Uh, because Solaris is, like, so insular... Uh, it's very, it is super interesting uh, and it's way more connect, way more relatable and uh, cozy. <laughs> cozy? Would you go with that? No, no, it's, not cozy <laughs> it's not cozy. We'll go at with all. the vibe. We'll go go with the theme. Yeah, it's but a like cozy one. Uh, what, what, what's the, what's the the idea behind the film? The whole film is about basically this um, psychologist is going off to this space station that's on this completely fictional uh, planet. It's not meant to like replicate you know, anything mm. near us. We don't know what year this is set in or anything. But there's a space station that's, like, basically just, like, kind of running tests uh, near this, near the surface of this planet and the planet's, like, like ocean. Mm. It's all ocean. Mad colors. Um, and in this space where they are, there's, like, weird shit is happening. People... Like the he's called in because they've lost contact with all of them, all three of the astronauts that are on this spaceship, and they're like we need you to go in and evaluate like what's going on, like what's their mental, what's their mental state, how are they doing, um, because we can't contact them, so he goes in and he's just like, uh, yeah, no weird shit is happening. Like my dead wife from ten years ago <laughs> is standing right there in front of me. This is pretty weird. This yeah. is pretty weird, <laughs> and it's it's. It is not an hallucination. Like the film makes that very clear. Like it's it's not that they're hallucinating or anything like that. It it's is the aliens it, or an alien it intelligence. Is, it is a planet that's sentient. Sentient basically and is like the atmosphere is replicating the memories and like the headspace of the people that are that spend too much time in it. So for him his wife is materialized. His perception of his wife, because mm. it's not his wife, it's his idea of his wife being, you know, created in front of him. And he says, he talks to her and he says all the, thing, all the things that he wished he said to her when she was still alive. And it's almost like, I'm not entirely sure what it is, but I'm pretty sure how it works more or less is that like, she she doesn't have any memory when she's first. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, uh, materialized uh, and the more time that she spends around him the more she becomes like more like how she originally was from his from his perspective like he has some control like she doesn't remember how she died mm. which eventually she learns and you know you realize this character like where he like he's not he's fucked up <laughs> yeah, yeah. he's he's real fucked up um, and it go and it's. I was watching this video about Tarkovsky um a while ago. Talking about how with Tarkovsky a lot of the time, it isn't about understanding what the film is about. It's not like two thousand and one where like you have to really read. You have to understand what the film is talking about. It's a very technical film. Mm. Solaris is pure vibes 
Yeah, yeah. That for was, the most part. That was always his kind of philosophy, wasn't yeah. it? It's like he's his job wasn't to give or to evoke any kind of specific technical reading, but to like um like laid out like a, a blueprint for the viewer to extrapolate yeah. like themes or like some kind of uh, affect yes. from the f- or to evoke some kind of affect but like it's more like a an interactive experience mm-hmm. i think i was reading about that a lot when we when we did stalker uh he had a few quotes on that because he very much wasn't um because him and kubrick i don't i feel like stalker and, and like 2001 are like they're both slow and they're both like very technically masterful films but there was like a very there was like a stark difference in the way that Tarkovsky seemed to approach Stalker in the way that yeah that 100%. like hundred percent that he's like he's trying to like he's like asking you to do something yeah um or asking you to sort of like get involved with it in a different kind of way and uh, reaching out and it's like it's not sort of naming uh what the point is no or like names the teams something but, but there's there. it's there and you can see it if you look into it but yeah. like 2001 is way more kind of like a uh, prescriptive yeah it's like he's like this is what you should be reading into each different like every frame is like yeah it's sort of coded with this meaning. specific yeah specific meanings yeah um it's hilarious very much kind of like is that why it's so slow or is it very is it slow very it, slow no 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 it is slow like yeah, it is yeah. very like the the opening five minutes or so is just a man walking around isn't there a scene where they're driving through a tunnel for like 15 minutes yes yeah yeah and but it, that's the point isn't it he's doing it that is, on purpose and it is one of the most effective like scenes uses of music i've seen in a film because like it, it's a sci-fi world like it's very clearly a sci-fi world and when they're driving in the car there's just this like alien aspect to like how it's shot or whatever and the the use of like black and white in those scenes or like use of very it is basically black and white it's like, like sepia tones yeah, like and very stuff. very sepia yeah it doesn't need jump between different uh, oh yeah but that's like that's just like Tarkovsky yeah. like he did the same thing on Stalker and it's always for like the emotive reason for it like in Stalker the use of the color grade is like it's very oppressive when they're in the cities it's very like it's hard to like breathe almost like you mm. can feel the dirt and the grim and then when they arrive into the zone it's colorful and it's beautiful and it's like lush green everything complete opposites and in a similar thing in solaris when they're driving around it's like black and white but like it's i think it's like the use of the music or like the sound effects is just like alien and that creates a vibe like an uneasy vibe to the images that you're seeing where like like the car is seemingly driving itself because mm. uh, like the there's like a dad at the front and he's sitting on the right hand side and there's like a kid behind him but like he's not driving he's just sitting there he's just sitting there so the car is driving itself and like this is like and then there's like this open shot of loads of cars like this is a shot of like a cityscape like a very busy intersection of a cityscape cityscape where like all these cars are driving around and it's all like so synchronized and perfect and like the drones of like modernity or whatever mm, you know like that's yeah. kind of the vibe that you get and it is very alienating very weird in complete contrast to what came beforehand which is like five minute scene of a man just walking around nature mm, he can go where he wants and he's just like chilling and just thinking and he's in rain and it's pissing rain down and he stares over at like a tea set 
and like, well, raining sad emotions. Something. This is like he's accessing a memory, like looking at this tea set. Like he's remembering doing something. And we assume you would assume because it's a tea set, sharing tea or drinking tea with someone wherever he is now, and then later on, you know, you meet his dead wife probably her <laughs> he's probably mm. thinking about her and she asks him like how often do you think about me and he's like not all the time but like like when i'm very sad i do revert back to rain pissing down he's staring at a tea like that's the kind of type of thing that tarkovsky does doesn't fully explain it to you but like if you're engaging with the images and the sounds that are coming you know coming at you mm and you have an emotional reaction, you can kind of, it's about like the emotions that the film brings you on. It's not, it's way less about understanding the narrative. Yeah. Which yeah. is why I struggled a lot with mirror. Like a fa- like the, the narrative structure in mirror is so all over the place. And so stream of consciousness that mm. it's like, it's hard to like fully even understand what I'm, what I'm seeing in front of me. But Solaris is way slower, so it's easier to get in with its vibe. But it's very slow, very meditative, very meditative pace to it, I would say. Yeah. I like the idea that there's a like a, a planet. The yeah. planet like there's aliens in the film. Or an alien. But it's like it's a, a totally different idea that you would uh, or a totally different sort of conception of it that you'd see in anything else. Or that you yeah. that we would normally be used to seeing and that's it like something of, that it's like it's like a planetary intelligence it kind of reminds me of annihilation in a way yeah yeah well it's that kind of thing where it's like it's a it's a system or it's like it's more kind of like it seems to be uh kind of accentuating because like it's tarkovsky is like it's not an alien it's not like et it's like it's just like, not human like the planet like they, they never say what it is they yeah. just say it's not human yeah but the planet is like I, like always going to be in like a tarkovsky film it has yeah. to be some element of being human of, of humanity itself it's like mm-hmm. the other it's like our version of the other like and it's, it obviously fulfills the you know the sort of uh presupposed wish of yeah. what's his name kelvin kelvin yeah. it fulfills his wish but obviously he doesn't want what he doesn't actually want what he thinks he wants, you yeah. know. But the planet still fulfills it anyway. I thought that was I thought that was pretty. It's an interesting idea, you know. It is because that it is so lot. relatable as well, and so it is so inherently human. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Like getting lost in grief, getting lost in your memories, not mm. being happy with the current moment, and but with want, a sci-fi twist, and wanting what like what the past was. But like the past wasn't perfect either. Like it led to the where you are now. Yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's like a, it's like a contradiction. Yeah. yeah. So like, plus even when he's he's when he's confronted with this reconstitution of the past, there's like an uncanny valley effect where he's yeah. like horrified by it, even though it's what he's wanted in a weird kind of well, he's what he's wanted, but in a weird kind of way, he's never wanted at all. Yeah. You know, I think that's, that's well, that's like a common theme seems to be anyway. Yeah. From like mirror and like just kind of dealing with memory and like stalker and desire all those yeah kinds of desire things. is it is a thing which makes sense because he's a very religious man yeah of course yeah you know desire would be a, is it it's a recurring theme it's a big no-no it is a big no-no <laughs> um but it's inherently human it is inherent in the subject um and like solaris touches on that um 
It's good. It is good. And like, it is, it's a film that you do have to vibe. You really have to vibe out with it. Mm. But if you can, if you have a little substance that maybe helps a little, it's a good time. <laughs> just do a lot of bag while you're watching. Yeah, just, <laughs> man, this is class. Yeah, this is, <laughs> man, this is actually flying by. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, just, Chill out, watch Solaris. Maybe don't, because it is kind of boring, but it is very good. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe don't. Maybe don't. I'm not going to recommend Solaris. Maybe read the book. There's a, cause, right, There's a book. Solaris is also on Disney+. Plus. Oh, the yeah. The George Clooney adaptation. But there's no way that is good. There's no way. There's no way. But, like, the... I was reading up on Solaris. The... The author of the novel, Stanislav Vlem, did not like like Stock or Solaris. He was like, "This is not faithful to the to the book at all." And Tarkovsky was like, "Well, yeah, obviously <laughs> yeah. it's an adaptation. I'm going to take some core ideas and then utilize the art of filmmaking that to is, make something new." That is the perfect way to approach an adaptation. That is how you do an adaptation, but not not these days, anyway. No, not well. Dune Dune works. Dune is the complete opposite, nearly. Of what? Of like doing an adaptation. Like it is very much an adaptation of doing. I. It is very slow and very like massive and epic. Yeah, but still kind of sticks to the same themes, you know. Like Stalker, or not? Sorry, not Stalker. Solaris seems to like deviate hugely from the that's, novel. Like, sorry, that's what I mean. Like they're oh, two yeah, opposite yeah, yeah. ends. Like yeah, they're different I mean. ways of doing an adaptation. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, different ways of doing it. Yeah, but these days you don't really have like people approach. Yeah, you get like a, a director gets a book. He's like, "Oh, I have to stick to this beat." And I was like, "What, what am I going to squeeze in?" Yeah. It's more like compressing the material rather than like adapting it to a Moving, new medium, using it as a jumping-off point. Yeah, transcending the the, yeah. the 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 novel, and using the art of which your your medium is. Mm. You know, yeah, using yeah. film. Like there's like you can't replicate a car driving around in an alienating fashion. If it's not like a film or like a short film, like film is the medium to which you do that. Yeah, yeah, but that's play playing to its strength. You can't do that in a book, obviously. You can't yeah. do that in a book. You can't do that in a play. Mm. You can't do that, you know, reading because music and visuals are mm. part of it. You know. Yeah. Combining both ex- both technologies together yeah. to create a synthesis. It's the ultimate synthesis. Uh, but that's people. More people should approach it the way Tarkovsky, like with Stalker, anyway. Stalker is a science fiction story, but it obviously also isn't at all. Like, it's not about those kinds of things. And Solaris, you know, is the same from what I can tell. But that's a good thing in that it's not just... Is 2001 an an adaptation as well? No, because the book was written concurrently with the film. Ah, okay. Because, like, 2001 is, like, again, very much about the visuals. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, very much about, like... Look at how technically impressive this film is. Yeah, yeah, it's very, it's a very visually driven film. Mm. Yeah, apparently the book is also a classic, but I think, you know, like it's impossible to tell which followed which. Yeah, you know? but yeah, it's very much a takes advantage of the medium. I, I doubt a book would be that good in, in a completely different way too. Yeah, very, Solaris as well, very, very different way. Yeah, which is cool. It's cool that you have two different approaches. Opposites. It's cool that you have any kind of difference in approach. Yeah, whereas today you don't really. At all, no, or not as much as you'd want. Anyway, no, they're all very, you know, the way that it's just split a book into two parts. Like yeah. obviously, with doing it, it makes sense. 
But like, come on, Twilight, come on, come on, come on, come Deathly on. Hallows, come on. Yeah, yeah, they should take Harry Potter, Maze Runner, and, and make like a philosophical, spiritual film about it. You know? Yeah, they should. They it's should like just it's, turn it into it's Dune. an adaptation. <laughs> yeah, turn into Dune. Yeah, basically, it is Dune. Yeah, mm. oh, wizards. But yes, we move on to some news. The new act. But yeah, do you want to read the news? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's do the news. Uh, Channing Tatum and Tom Hardy have been cast in an untitled drama about three former Special Forces team members who go back to Afghanistan to rescue families and allies left behind amid the rapid fall of Af- Afghanistan this last August. What are you thinking about this one? This is it's going to be written by George Nolfi. Is it? Is it George Nolfi or George Nolte? George Nolfi. I'm going to be honest. What are you thinking? I ain't too sure about this one, Chief. <laughs> yeah, this doesn't sound too good. I'm not too sure about it. Um, I literally just copied and pasted. We probably should have re- like reworded the, the headline. Well, it makes what sense. What is the headline that I saw on Twitter from somewhere? But anyway, <laughs> I can't remember what it was. I'll probably I'll retweet it. <laughs> like, I'll retweet it from the Power Pod. Yeah, yeah. Um, but not too sure about it. It seems very soon to be doing this I don't, it's not even a full project yet they haven't wrote it or anything yet they're just like this like, here's like a, an idea sounds like a good idea we have two stars already attached to the film two big stars that's how you get it started yeah and Channing Tatum I think is producing it mm. you know what happened the CIA were like this looks bad here's 10 billion dollars make a load of films about yeah. this about how this actually wasn't that bad that's yeah, what make, happened make, guarantee you make us the good guys yeah, yeah, make this look not as bad for us, you know. Let's make a lot of films like, oh, it was hard pulling out, but it had to be done, you know. And we also went back and saved, like, these random people, you know, who were, you know, are these collaborators and stuff, you know. It wasn't that bad. That's what's going to be. It's going to be, it's, it's a PR. It is 100% going to be that. Yeah, probably. And, like, really obviously as well. Like, I mm. imagine that it would have been obvious if we were, like, you know, if all the Iraq movies were being announced when we were like old enough to recognize that that was a thing, yeah, 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 <laughs> um, you know, and you would have been able—I guarantee you—at the time you would have been able to see the same thing. Definitely, yeah. But like the wor- the use, but like social media now, it's like instant. Like the news has already broke that this is going to be a thing, and like again, last August that didn't even happen two months ago. Mm. That happened three months ago. Sorry, we're in the eleventh now. That happened three months ago. Yeah, yeah, nearly, yeah. Yeah, like it's a bit of a too soon kind of situation. Like, when do, when right when do you reckon this film could come out? I don't think this film is going to come out. Like, you think it's already done? You think the, yeah. the news broke is a kill it? Yeah, no. Like, even like the whole thing. Like, uh, probably they're going to want a PR push against all the kind of negative press they've gotten. I don't think. Like, there, is there any interest in people to actually see something like this? Is there? I don't know. Do you think Channing Tatum, like, Tom Hardy? But do you think if this comes out next week, is who's going to go see it? You know. Well, that's too soon, bro. Well, not next <laughs> week, but like say <laughs> say next year. Who's going to go? Or two years from now, who is actually going to go see it? I don't know anyone who would be interested in going seeing this. Are going Ameri- to see this? American Sniper had a lot of buzz. That is true, but like that was a lot of buzz from you know Trump kind of people are like yeah. America, fuck yeah, killing yeah. Iraqis. Like, he was an American hero. Which is even more of a thing. Like, that's seemingly got only gotten worse. Or, like, intensified in a lot of ways. Exactly, yeah. But the, all those people would have been like, oh, yeah, let's get the fuck out of Afghanistan. Like, this is stupid. You know, yeah. they would have been... 
or at least they would have been they would have been critical of the way Biden pulled out. This film isn't going to be either of those things, you know. Well, it can't be because I think the, I think the thing is right. You have the aggressive the aggressiveness of like the Trump, of like Republicanism mm. versus this sneaky little shit way of the Democrats doing it, which is like. Yeah, we pulled down that heroic, but we also went back and saved everyone. <laughs> yeah, a few, yeah, a few. Well, yeah, most people anyway. Yeah. Don't ask any questions about it. Yeah, I saw something today about you put a. They were waiving uh, visa charges for Afghan refugees. I was like, oh, sound like sound for that. You just destroyed their country. Yeah, and you're going to take a few of them, but you won't charge the money to get into the country, get into America. Like, it's like wow humanitarians oh, true I'm humanitarians you. I'm telling you like greatest country in the world right there yeah exactly those Number are the, one. those are the head honchos but yeah I don't I don't know anyone who'd be interested in I don't I don't see the tar- the target market you know I don't see the see target it. market we'll see we're, man this thing comes out gonna be the best I've ever made I'm telling you imagine that gonna have gonna have egg on our yeah, face it's or like, on my face you know that fil- that Chinese film that you were showing me last week yeah yeah with like the use of the red army mm. they're gonna do the same thing with this one but that would be impressive yeah you know and they're like we need this we need bigger than that yeah it's like yeah we actually sent the entire US army yeah. over there was just no pictures you know yeah. at the time so we just made a movie about it <laughs> it was great we're, you know? still, we're not doing anything at the moment so <laughs> yeah 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 exactly yeah that film's mad though that film sounds so bad white savior Exactly. It's exactly. Pure, like just white savior like who would go? Like there's no demographic that Green would go Book see this. was massive, man. <laughs> Green Book, yeah, I suppose. You know? Massive. What was it? Massive? Uh, award winning. Yeah, it was award winning anyway, yeah. Yeah. But you know what would have a big appeal what? across multiple demographics? What? Uh, Leo DiCaprio in a Jim Jones biopic. Yes, that's the second bit of news. Second bit of news that coming was, in. I saw that today. I only saw that today as well. And that's. Again, also released today. Mm, I saw that seconds ago, mm. minutes ago. Uh, apparently, Leo- Leonardo DiCaprio is, I assume, producing, starring in a Jonestown movie, which is about time that they made a film about that. Because that's an insane seen story. The documentary about that film. The doc- which one? There's loads of them. I think we watched one in religion class. The Was one that, that we saw in religion yeah, class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were in the same religion class, weren't we? Yeah. Yes, that one. Insane. That was that mad Insane. madness. What were they doing? Like, like the cult, like that. That's kind of going back to that film, The Wolf House. Like the whole like the Nazi mm. fucking cult camps that were down there. Like mad shit. Mad cults are mad. Yeah, but th- how have they not made a film about that? Yeah, because it's an insane story. I'm oh, sure it's just they a, have. It's they just, just haven't depressing. made a Hollywood one yet. Yeah, but like this is the kind of thing that. Hollywood should be like, oh yeah, there's so much Man, drama involved. I will tell you now why it's being made, right? Because <laughs> it's about it's about mob mentality. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's like Jim Jones was just Trump. Yeah, it's like, all right. <laughs> telling you now, it's it could because, be. it's because it's about mob mentality. Like mm. it's a blatant case of like cults, conspiracy theories taking over people's minds. Yeah, and like them following something to the death, literally. Yeah, yeah. It's such a fucked up story, though. Yeah. I suppose there's no happy ending either. Like. No, there's no happy ending. It's but just like, like, it's the most depressing ending possible. It's so fucked up. It's madness. Yeah. And like, the crazy thing is like, the amount of people that did actually survive as well. Yeah, everyone, like, they all ran off into the jungle and stuff. I remember I found it when I was, when I was only a wee lad, I found a book about this, about, or about the Jonestown Massacre, um, uh, just like lying about the house. 
and it had pictures and stuff in it. And I was like, I still remember seeing those pictures. Yeah. It's, but it's not graphic. It's just from the air. And you just see. But it's just mass yeah, bodies. Yeah, yeah. Like, how did he get away with that? But the story behind it is obviously, it's not all what, you know, what you see on the surface. There's yeah. other stuff going on. But it's something that would be worth exploring in a film, I think. Yes, 100%. It's so interesting. Mm. It's just grim. It's just grim. <laughs> it's just, just grim. Like, yeah. It's so sad. Yeah. Oh, well. But there's a few, like, there hasn't been... Has there been a lot of, like... Like, what about this... That siege? Siege that, of Jadoville. Yeah. Is there any films about that? Besides documentaries? Siege of Jadoville? The one... No, 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 no. Not that one. The one that, that happened in America. like the Oh, Waco. 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 Yes, yeah, me- Waco. Didn't we watch that one as well? We also watched that yeah. one. Yeah, Waco. Why are yeah. we watching them in religion? I think because we were learning about cults. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, they're both cults. Yeah, Waco. I feel like there is a Waco film. There has to be a Waco film. That's way more of like a uh, like a cause, like a cause, a cause celebrate, whatever you say, or however you say that. Like people, there are people in America who are like, oh, Waco, like the people who got killed in that were in the right. Yeah. Because I think that was more of a case of like, they just sent the feds in and they just killed everybody. Yeah. You know, that was more of like a black and white kind of case where the government was the bad guy more so than the bad guy in the inside. Mm. From what I remember. From what I remember. Yeah. I can't really... Cause in I fact, know I would retract that because I can't, I'm, I'm not really sure about the details. Yeah, I I'm not going to glorify re- I, the Waco guy. I can't remember what the story is, but I remember it being like... It was a cult anyway. But it, to the extent where like people do, there are definitely people that are like, wait, the Waco guys were in the right. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah. I can't remember anything about it. Just remember it being a mental story. Yeah, the siege. Yeah, like that. That should be a film. There's like, so many of those. Did that those come stories. Up recently or something where like someone's like, someone there's like a video or a clip or something like a Trump supporter or like at the Capitol Hill being like, we're ready to pull another Waco or something. Mm, maybe, could have been, but yeah, people say that a lot. I think. Or I hear references a lot because it is mad. Like it is mental. Mm, mental that they do. It's like cowboy stuff. Cowboy stuff. But they don't make enough films about this stuff. No, there's not. There's too many cult horror films. Not enough dramas, f- dramas thrillers, thrillers. Mm. But they're all going to be psychological horrors in, in a way, because like, or psychological thrillers. Mm. Well, out of mind, out of mind, you know. Just give me more of it. Come see, come saw. Yeah, give me more. Give more that. Mm. But yeah, the the, uh, the I, I'm up for the Leo one. I'm up for the Leo one. Not about cults. I'm not gonna lie. I'm just thinking about now. I'm not about cults. Mm. Or, you know, cults. What's, what's your favorite cult? My favorite cult. Um, that's a good one. I mean, Scientology is always gonna be one of them, doesn't it? Is that a cult? Is it? It's not a religion. Though. It's a religion. Sorry, but like, <laughs> we're gonna get sued. Yeah. That's the kind of they're the kind of organization organization that would actually sue us. Yeah, they are. You know? <laughs> <laughs> this is a random podcast. Like, <laughs> you said we're not, we're a cult. Yeah, like okay, they're not my favorite cult. But I do find, strangely enough, I do find uh, Scientology interesting to. It's just, it's just, it's just so like unknown. Yeah, yeah. It's like a lot known about it, but not enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of, but it's like so out in the open. Mm. You know, they have an office on Abbey Street. Yeah, I know. But what what Mad. happens when you go in there? I don't know. No Dianetics now. You know, my, what my favorite cult is the Screamers. Was I telling you about this before? Did I mention this before in the podcast? Yes, I think so. Yes. We've had this conversation before about cults, I'm pretty sure. Mm, definitely. We definitely have, because I know. Have, we, yeah. we definitely have. 
Yeah. Because I remember us talking about like the Scientology one on Abbey Street. No, but the screamers though. Yeah. Literally, convent the nuns out in the fucking arse end of Donegal and their whole gig shtick. was, their whole shtick was they just screamed to uh, purge the devil from inside them. And there was loads of abuse obviously going on in the convent. But the whole thing, what, what got them attention was the fact that they were screaming all the time. I thought Makes I thought sense. that was just insane. The fa- it's also a domestic kind of story. I thought that yeah. was cool. You know, they got rid of them eventually in like the 80s, but they were around just doing bits for ages. Doing bits. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, it sounds kind of cool. It does sound pretty like, cool. Like you can't scream at any random point. Even though like, do you ever feel like you just want to scream? Oh, like shit. <laughs> Shout really loud just for the, for the, for the crack. I feel that that'd be very therapeutic, but you can't actually do it. You can never do it. Unless you're in like a field in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Just one rep at the gym. <laughs> yeah, everyone's like, you're all right, man. <laughs> like, yeah, okay. Wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, good luck to them. Good luck to them anyway. anyway. Anywho, we go into some listener questions. Ah, we will. Sure. What are they asking us today? And our first question is coming in from... Isabel and Isabel is asking us how good are yous or were yous at Irish? I'm shy at Irish. I am shy at Irish. To my great shame. I wish I was good at Irish. I am shy at all languages including Irish. Including English. (laughs) (laughs) You have a degree in English. I'm shy at it though. (laughs) Bad. Irish is a missed opportunity I think. You know. I'd I'd love to be fluent in Irish but I'm not. Passing the wine. Oh yeah. But uh, yeah, Irish is never my strong point. I was always very bad at it. Same. I I've always been bad at it. Yeah. I've always been bad at all languages. Like French, shit at as well. You were grand at French. I was grand, but I wasn't good or anything. Like I, I tried really hard with, with French. Mm. Because I was so ashamed I was bad at Irish. Yeah. Well, Irish is worse because we did it for fourteen years and then we never got the hang of it. No, I never did. I almost got the hang of it when I went to the Gale Talk. Yeah, I suppose yeah, you went to the Gale Talk. No, did you ever go? I was never there, no. No. I kind of did there, but like same thing again. Like I, As soon as I came home, lost it straight away. Yeah, you kind of have to keep in practice. That's you the do. problem in a you know monolingual society. Frenches are... like, like you, You'd understand, like, you know, the go- like, if you read an Irish sentence, you'd get the gist of it. But French as well. Like, we'd understand the, the bones of what they're trying to say. We wouldn't be able to speak it. Oh man, I don't know. (laughs) Like, I haven't seen Irish in a very long time. But say, like, you're watching, like, TG Car, Mm -hmm. and they're having a conversation on screen. Would you not get like a few keywords? No, even even when I was like, even when we were in school, no, not even. Jeez, I was awful Irish. I could not pick up on it at all. Yeah, I was very bad, but I, I just couldn't. I couldn't. I was very bad speaking it. Mm. Very, very bad. But I could like pick up stuff. I could like, if someone had a conversation, I wouldn't be able to participate. But I could like have an idea of what they're talking about. But that's like obviously useless in terms of like speaking a language. What did you do in the uh, leaving cert? Did what you did do I ordinary? do? I did ordinary. Yeah, I, dro- I dropped down to like what did fifty you get? or something. I got a C two or something. I I got a C three. Mm. So it was like the same level. It's the same. Yeah, close enough. But man, but, I like those, those you classes were like, piss take. Yeah, those but like I tried take. so hard. Yeah, I I try. I, I at some point I just gave up because I was trying to get maths. I was trying to get higher level maths, mm. and then I dropped out a week before down to ordinary. You did higher level, didn't you? No, no. Higher level maths. 
Oh, high level maths. Yeah, yeah, I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember sitting. I, I, I would have shat my pants if I was sitting there man, and had to drop down straight away. They're walk. They're walking around asking ordinary hire, ordinary yeah, hire, yeah. coming up to me. I'm like sweating bullets. I'm yeah, like, yeah. this is do I die? What do I do? <laughs> and I was like, oh fuck, eh. Uh, uh, and I like I turned to my, like Michael Simpson. Yeah. I was like, "What do I do, man?" And he's like, "What? What did you study?" And I was like, "Higher level." But like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. But I have no idea. I have no idea what's on the ordinary paper. Mm. Like I've never looked at an ordinary paper. Yeah. I was like, "What do I do?" And he's like, "Go for the higher. Go for the higher, man." And I was like, <laughs> "I don't know, bro." <laughs> and then they come over to me and they're like, "Higher order." I'm like higher <laughs> yeah that's one of those moments that's like a movie moment oh, like the music starts oh yeah <laughs> just that a montage music that we just, the music that we just listened to yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> no nothing was ever as bad as that english exam Did that was s- very funny yeah i heard you because because we used to like because that the way the the the, the seat arrangement works is our, our names are like beside each, beside each other on the thing or yeah yeah, yeah the way it was it was like i want to sit, sit behind me and we're just like, I can't remember what it was. It was like in the middle of exams, and we're just like English. Do, yeah, it was English, and we're just like uh, writing away. 18th century English. Yeah, and we're about halfway through the exam. Or 19th, wasn't it? I think it was 19th century. Mm, we're about halfway in, and uh, I just heard your desk like turn around, and like, like I don't know, I was like your breathing started going. <laughs> I just heard a commotion behind me, and I was like, "There's something going on back there," <laughs> but I knew something something had gone wrong. But you managed to recover, like I you recovered. I recovered. Yeah, you recovered really well, like because you you didn't even do. You got like what a B in that. Or Man, like, I am not joking when I say all aspects of like, all <laughs> Wait, aspects. What happened again? I was I was answering a question and I was like, "Grand, four pages, no worries." Like that is four pages. That's like at least was that a half an hour at least. 40 minutes an hour an like, hour an yeah. hour four pages hour grand an hour into an exam hour, the exams are what two hours two, <laughs> two and a half hours. hours two hours long I answered the second question grand done and dusted have 20 minutes or whatever it was, was like, mm. that is grand sort flicking back over you know always check your exam always check your exam I look at the the question again I'm like ah bollocks <laughs> I didn't answer this right um I was like, oh, fuck. I was meant to do something entirely different. I'm after completely <laughs> fucking this question up. Like, this is wrong. That's the worst moment. And I was like, oh, what do I do? And I was like, flack- I flicked to the back of the book. And I was like, I've got two pages left. And I put my hand up. I started writing. I was like, I put my hand up. I was like, yeah, can I get another, can I get another booklet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can I come over with it? I'm writing i have like shit right for my body and, like writing <laughs> yeah, i am just turned around like it was like, I'm like it was that, like a 45 i'm writing ago. i'm writing a declaration it's in the midst of war that like that is the pace that i'm going yeah, at yeah. putting down this all like every um instinct that has ever been like ingrained into me as like this is what you do when you make a mistake mm. in an exam Put down bullet points when you need to the do it. Points, Make yeah. it as short as possible. Write notes. Let them know what's going on. I it all came out and I did it. And I got a, I got like a first in, in it or something. Like, I got yeah, like, yeah, I got yeah. like seventy in the in the exa- in the module overall. Mm. I never got seventies. I was always in the in the sixties. Yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. Disgusting. What a recovery! Like Whoa. what a comeback. That was hilarious though. 
fucking so- I was sweating bullets <laughs> my hands cramped I remember after the exam just being like curious about what had happened someone turning around you're just all red like you just like you run a marathon like oh the sure was off man yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was there like running down like at the end of the marathon they were past me what and they're chugging it like writing <laughs> yeah yeah I, I got like I, I'm pretty sure it was that was 19th century I got I got way I got like a, a 60 max in that, in that module like that was a hard module I can't even remember. English, like, I was good at English. Yeah, I liked English. Which it was, was like, very easy. Goes on to Isabel's second part of her question, which was, what was your favourite subjects in school? English. Yeah, English. English is very, very Obviously, very we handy. ended up doing an English degree. Mm, yeah, yeah. Just handy. Just handy. You know, I already speak it. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's just writing essays. Essays, I found it really boring sometimes, though. It some, was. Some of the essays were just ridiculous, you know. And the way they, the structure, that's that's a whole different thing with the leaving cert, the way it's, the way it's structured and sort of demands in terms of content that they want yeah that was extremely boring you know but it was just something that you know if you know it if you knew the text you're fine like that's one of the things that like i i it was such a big change from like uh like leaving sir english to college like leaving sir english if you read the book if you read that poetry book and you read what the bullet points were to explain what the poem was about to do a 2001 reading mm on the film, like, this is what it means, this is what this means, and if you memorize that, every question in the Leaving Cert, like, you could use those bullet points, and everyone was doing that, like, everyone mm. that is basically doing that, uh, and is writing, like, if they did that question, the question, whatever it was, on the themes, you would be able to answer that if you remembered, like, what the bullet points yeah, were. Yeah, yeah, It was like a copy-paste, kind of, it was like a, I don't know, there's like a thing, you could, you could take it from different, yeah, answers you know you can apply it you know there's like a structure to it there's no critical thinking yeah involved yeah, yeah. whereas when you get to college it's like do not do that <laughs> come up with your own answers yeah you can as be much more as you creative. can yeah yeah just more like creative use, use texts to back up your points mm, yeah the quotes i yeah. hated learning I quotes. Hated I, hated quotes. I was very bad so that. stressful as well yeah i used to just have them all in like a, a little flashcard. i just learned them off like rote learning but that's how i learned in leaving cert that's what I did all my leaving cert learning. But like in college, it was just, you know, I only had to do the quotes and then you walk into the exam hall and it was just like basically riffing mm. and then have the quotes that you learned off and that was it, you know. Whereas leaving cert, it was just, all of it was, was memorized. Like Yeah, yeah. It's very much more robotic. But yeah, English was, was, was easy because he could riff so much or to the extent that you could within the leaving cert framework, you know. Yeah. Stressful. Stressful times. Glad I'm out of it. Glad I'm out of it. Glad what was your favorite second subject then? Uh, history, history was really funny. We had a, history we, we had, as well. We had a great time in history, I think. Yeah, I liked history. Yeah, I was always a fan of biology as well. Biology was fun. Biology, well, yeah, it was funny. Yeah, I was, I was very bad at. You were very good. You were, you were the star student. Ah, no, I wasn't. I wasn't a star student. I was good at it though. Oh, you were one of the better in the class. Like our class wasn't amazing, you know, but like, because similar thing. Like I didn't. Well, with biology, it is just like, th- you know, like in a similar sense to like how they teach English, mm. like. Learning a science is very, like... Yeah, rote memorization. Yeah. Like, robotic. Like, learn what it, what it is. Like, that's a weird way that, the, that they teach English, which is... Jesus. Which is an art. <laughs> yeah. And they teach it, like, in a similar way that they teach a science. Mm. Um, Tarkovsky would be snapping. Yeah, <laughs> He'd yeah. He'd be raging. He's rolling in his grave. But, um, yeah, that's... So, like, I'm very... I can learn, like... Oh, not even learn. I just memorize things like that. Like, I used to do that for... I spent months... 
doing that man like mm. months like from day one of biology i had a notebook that was my biology book like my biology notebook mm. every day i would go through a chapter and r- like write notes mm, geez, yeah. on it and then by the end i had a, had a notebook filled with notes on all the chapters that we'd done and literally just picked one from each section basically and just re- like learnt them off yeah can't remember any of it now Mm. no no retention at all from doing that yeah i i was very very bad at that i was very bad at biology like all together like and then we got to the uh second half of, th- of what six or whatever and it was just learning off diagrams i should i realized when i was learning them off i was like i should have been doing this for like two years mm. beforehand you know because it was just so much content but i only remember the eye the structure of the eye that's it i don't yeah. remember anything else i'm pretty sure i have my Lehman's results right here the results oh here he goes under the bed. No way, I can't open that. I'm pretty sure I do. I can't remember what I got in the leave insert. Yeah, it was a lot. We got a lot more than we needed for the course, anyway. Which yeah, is I know what number I got, but I don't remember what the grades were. The grades, yeah, I don't remember the specific. I just remember like A, B, and like like which. Do you grouping. get any A's? A's, yeah, I got an A one in English. I didn't get any A's. B ones. You don't need. You don't need them. That's the thing. Because we like you got what for. Four three five. Four three five. But our course was what three ninety or something. Three eighty, I think it was. Yeah, our course is like, but it was a great course though. It was a good course, you know. Good crack. They made so much up about the uh, getting crazy points, like five hundred points and all. Fuck that! Like it turned into that the year afterwards. I'm pretty sure loads of courses did. Did it? Our course. Like did. multimedia did anyway, and up communications. Oh, to, to high four hundreds, five hundred, like. And you think they were? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they were. That's pretty mad. sure they were mad high. Because those, those are like you know those are the same as our as our course. Yeah. Like, but more constrained almost. Well, you transferred into our course, didn't you? Yeah, I started in business, yeah. I don't Mad. know what I was doing in business. Mad. I don't know what. I remember. I still remember the first day when I came into... Because I only transferred in because I knew you and Dan. Like, yeah. Because I was like... Uh, and it was something... Obviously, I was interested in like media and English. And I was like, I know these guys like would be grand. I just wanted to stay in college pretty much. Because, man, business didn't did not make any sense. It didn't make any sense. Because I was, I was, I was uh, planning to do French and... History, I think. It was going to be in Trinity. And that mm-hmm. was like my number one. And I didn't really... I thought I would get it. And I would have got it if the points had stayed the same. But the points went up 45 points. Same thing happened to me with uh, multimedia. Oh, really? Yeah, I was planning on doing multimedia and I got enough points to get multimedia. Jumped up to four, four, five or yeah. 440. So it was actually five, ten points off. Yeah, I remember waking up and checking the results, and I was like, "Oh no," because I hadn't, I hadn't really cared about anything that I put from like, because you have the the ranking system I, from second to tenth. I can't, I, do, I don't remember anything that yeah. I put except that business was second, and uh, I ended up getting put into that. It was low. I did it for like three weeks. It was loaded as shit. Like, you know, sitting in the, like a the main auditorium, and it was about motivation. It was just like a class about motivation. They're like, ninety nine percent of people in business will fail. But you can succeed, and you're sitting in a room with like 200 people. You're like, which one of us? There's only two of us here that could. Let's go game time. Yeah, it's like a battle royale scenario. So you have to fight to the death, and only two of you can survive. I don't know. It's just stupid. But yeah, I remember the first day, and I came into the, the into the Pats campus. I sat down in one of the lectures. Remember the huge guy that used to be in our course? Like he's just like hench, Mm. you know, big guy, and he's sitting next to me, and I was like out on like the edge of the seat. And he was like, he'd, he'd lean back and like... Is sh- he the older guy? Yeah, older guy. Oh, color, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a nice bouncer. Guy, like. He used to be a bouncer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice yeah. guy, like... But he, he goes stretch and stuff. 
and he'd have his elbows out and like I'd be like oh, man, he I'd is, be like ducking him. He, he is, is huge. Yeah, and he is jacked as well. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it was Heinz who was doing was taking the class. And it was great, but I was just like I was like this and it was full as well, mm. the, the auditorium. But that was my first memory of it. It was great. <laughs> good Greg. It was a great course. Good we had, course. We had a good time. Yeah, English and media studies. No, yeah. media studies with English. Indeed. Mostly an English course, though. A lot of time spent in English. It was mainly English, yeah. Good crack, though, all the same. Um, Second question. Do you want to take that there for us? Yeah, Neil's asking, what is the most poorly aged film you've seen? Well. Epic movie? Yeah. I'll, that's two, it's, two, it's just 2000s films again, isn't it? Yeah. In general. A lot you know, of the time. They haven't aged. They haven't aged. Well, anyway, um, I don't know. I'm not even sure. Epic movie, all them, all those ones. I I haven't seen them in, like most of them in a long time. But even like in terms of like the cultural references that they're making, they were dated even by the time that the films came out. So you know, they were dated by the moment that they came out. So they've only aged even poorlier since then. Yeah, except they had Kardashians in it, wasn't it? I think she's in one of them. Mm, I think, or is it Meet the Spartans? That Meet one, the Spartans, that one was ahead of its time because that Meet like this is Sparta. That's still people still recognize that, you know. Not as much though. Like it's that's, still a thing though. It, nah, <laughs> three th- three hundred. I say is it all the time. Three, you do say <laughs> this. every time Mark comes in, he's just like, "This is Paropod." Yeah, yeah. No one ever laughs. And then he like kicks me down the stairs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we start off every episode. Yeah, poorly aged films. Oh, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. Um, I yeah, mean, some films like you know, like you know, obviously the films were never good to begin with. That's why they've that's why they've aged poorly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, if it's a good film, it won't it won't really age? You know. Um, what about like? Does any Chaplins? Not in terms of, like they're. Their con their content in terms of like the format, the what in terms of like like you have silent. Do you f- struggle to watch like a silent movie? Ah, yeah, of course. Like so, those films. Yeah, I suppose. In a different in a different sense, have yeah. aged poorly. Have aged poorly, but have we just aged poorly? Have we just lost our touch? Have we lost touch with the world of epic movie? You maybe know? we have. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we're in the wrong. <laughs> yeah, maybe we're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> More than likely. <laughs> mm. Um. Yeah, no. Should we leave it at that? I will leave it there. Leave we'll leave it there. it there. Recommended film. Recommended film next week is Mulholland Drive by David Lynch. We're going to be Lynchy going on a Lynchian buzz. I think we should watch a few Lynch films. Lost Highway, stuff like that. Blue Velvet, maybe. I'm going to rewatch that anyway. I think you'll be watching Blue Velvet as well. I'll mm-hmm. be down for that. See the guy who sang in that? He's dead. Died no, yesterday. I didn't see that. Jesus said. So, well, that just reminded me of it. So, I'm probably going to watch that again. Yeah, I haven't seen that in ages. So I'll 100% be down for that. It's going to be good anyway. Yep. It'll be a vibe and I'll see you then. We will be vibing. (laughs) As always, yours truly, the Paropod.